set. Places, everybody. And action. You're listening to Black Girl Film Club, a podcast where two black women discuss movies. I'm Brittany. And I'm Ashley. And on this week's episode, we're discussing Lover's Rock from 2020, directed by Steve McQueen. It's February, um, the month of love, Black History Month, and (laughs) we decided to do something different, um, discuss movies that are more enjoyable than some picks that we've done in the past. Um, For and, Black History Month? Yeah, well, in the past we talked about Love Jones. We've talked about Love and Basketball. Um, which, those are movies that we didn't quite enjoy as much. If you listen to those episodes, you'll find out why. Um, we also mm-hmm. talked about House Party, which was... Super fun. We did enjoy that one. That was literally the first episode of Black Girl Film Club. Um, mm-hmm. So we kind of like... What did we do last year? I feel weird. I feel like I don't remember what we did last year. I feel like that other one... I feel like Love Jones and and, and Love and Basketball were so far away. Like so long ago. What the hell did we talk about last year? I am I tripping? Am I am I losing it? And you know you are asking the wrong person because I can't remember. Hold on. Oh, we talked about if Beale Street could talk. Oh yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Oh. Which is a banger. Yeah. It's a banger. Uh, that was our only one that we talked mm-hmm. about. Which I don't remember what our. I don't. I don't know what we did, and why we only released one episode last year. I will say that we usually have a Black History Month. Um, issue where something happens. <laughs> the man tries to keep us down. Um, yeah, but not so. Not February is a bit of a of a weird time. It's also it's weird because it's our anniversary. Like it's the month of our anniversary of our first episode, but it's also like, like I don't know, like a terror. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> the duality of time. But this month we're not gonna let it happen. It's not gonna happen to us. No, we're rising above. We're gonna we're gonna do it. And we're gonna talk about these films, the first being Lover's Rock, which is technically a part of a um collection of films, um, all directed by Steve McQueen. Um yes. which is a little different because it's technically considered a TV series. Um, I, see, I disagree. Me these too. Are some long, yeah. These are some film length <laughs> movies. Like these are not t. These don't feel like TV shows. It doesn't feel like there's a commercial break or anything. Like this feels like a television. I mean, not television. This feels like a a movie series. I guess you just don't get movie anthologies like this released back, like weekly, like they were. Um, and on TV, because um, I will say that the UK seems to be much better suited for releasing things um, on TV. The concept of a TV movie 
doesn't seem nearly as awful <laughs> as it is here. Every TV movie released here is usually bad. Um, you would never have something this high quality released weekly like this here <laughs> in this country. I struggle to think of one that's like really good recently. Uh, mm, I, I can't even like do it. it. Like here in America, like I feel like our most of our TV movies are on Lifetime, <laughs> which is like um, mostly regarded as like really corny movies about um, kidnappers and things like that um, and like melodramas and things um, which they, I think Lifetime's become like a it's having a little bit of a renaissance I think but like I guess like TV movies used to be more of a thing like on ABC and stuff but that's more of like an I feel like more of like an after school special kind of thing too it depends like I'm thinking of TV movies of yore cause like one that's mm-hmm stood out to me like I thought of was like the women of um, Brewster Place and Mm -hmm. that is really high to me high quality um it's very entertaining to watch it's one of my favorites um and it's also a good book if you haven't read it I would highly recommend it um and watch the movie um I have not seen the movie it's, it's good I really really like it um, Is it streaming anywhere now that um, Cicely Tyson has passed, or or no? It usually uh, they, they put stuff up now, like when people somebody's passed away. Which R.I.P. to Cicely Tyson. We have had a lot of hmm. we have had a lot of losses in 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 Hollywood lately. Yeah. Hollywood and music and, and shit's. Shit is going terribly. <laughs> it's reminding me of 2016 all over again. <laughs> Yeah, we we've lost a lot in the last three. Yeah, two three weeks. Yeah, we've lost Cicely. We've lost well, Cloris Leachman, which I only am really familiar with her from um, from Young Frankenstein, and um, but she had a really long career. Her, both her and Cicely and Cloris Leachman had a really long career. Christopher Plummer died. Um, I want to say on Friday, we're recording this on a Sunday, that um, broke me down because I loved Christopher Plummer and Captain Bomb Trap was like the archetype. It's like the archetypical, because Britney's never watched this movie because it's musical, but it's like the archetypical, like, like, like enemies to lovers story. It's like that good kind of thing because he's like a, you know, hard ass and, and lovely spirited um young julie andrews um reminds him that he doesn't have to be such a dick (laughs) when raising six children (laughs) in austria pre-world war ii so (laughs) um and then also um musical icon sophie passed which also hurt me because i loved her music so much but you know it's been a rough one out here (laughs) but i guess going back to the to the anthology series, which we used to say it's called Small Acts, like the collection, mm-hmm. um, which comes from, I think, a, a, a Bob Marley lyric, which I didn't realize, um, which is, if you are the big tree, we are the small acts. Um, so this is supposed to be like an overall collection of stories um, of black 
um, black British West Indian immigrants um, in England between I want to say the 60s and like the 80s I want to say so there's five films Lovers Rock is the second so they were playing this in England I think late late last year before they put them all on Amazon Um, so they were being kind of released as a serial kind of thing which I guess is why people are trying to categorize as a TV show and shut it out of a lot of awards. <laughs> Which, I mean, they'll do anything <laughs> at this point. There's so many hoops people have to jump through to like get things to qualify for any awards now. It's very weird. And I feel like it has been nominated for a Golden Globe, I believe. I think so, but I think it was for a television show. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and I feel like Steve McQueen has said, these are... Movies. Films. <laughs> I direct films. And he <laughs> I, does direct it has, films. Okay, so, yeah, so he, it's been nominated for two. Best limited series or television film, which I feel like limited series kinds of fits better than just television film, but also, like... He said there's films. And then also um, Best Supporting Actor Television, which is for John Boyega, um, which I watched his episode yesterday. I did too. I watched it earlier today. Uh, I had feelings. (laughs) I do do too, but I'm not going to... Because, okay. Um... I mean, I can. We can talk. I feel like we, cause you. I feel like if you talk about one, you gotta have to talk about all of them. Yeah. You watch them all, because they all kind of. They don't. It's not like a. It's not like an American Horror Story anthology where where different actresses play like the same actresses and actors play this different parts over a collective multi season thing. It's like these are all helmed by different actors and actresses. Some of which um, I'm familiar with, and then a lot of them I was unfamiliar with for the most part. Like in this movie, in Lovers Rock, I was like, I don't really know hardly any of these people, but hired them for all the things. Mm-hmm. I only knew, um, I only recognized one actor. Um, I think his name is Kedar Williams Sterling, who plays Jackson in Sex Education, um, and he's one of my favorites. He needs to be more things. I don't know why he isn't. But he's not even, the movie's only an hour, and I think he's in, like, the last, like, 20 minutes or so. Because I saw him at the beginning, and I was like, wait a minute. And he didn't come in until, like, almost the end, and I was like, excuse me. I would like him to be here. I'd like him to be present a little bit more. You're underutilizing him. But, um, yeah, so I I think it's very interesting how people are kind of debating if this is a film. Because other people have nominated it as a film, like, for the Satellite Awards, not, not, not the Satellite Awards, sorry. Like, the Los Angeles Film Critics Association has nominated it for Best Picture. It actually not named it, it won. Lovers so, Rock, as a right? Film. Or No, the whole thing, Small Acts, okay. as a collective thing. Okay. So, it just depends. Like, it's, for a lot of these other, like, for a lot of film critic associations, I think that it's been nominated as, like, a... Um, it's kind of depends on, I guess, who's doing it, right? Because, like, 
Chicago says best film was Lover's Rock. Just Lover's Rock, not all of them. I but, um, That was nominated. But some of them also take the whole thing and, and put it as one piece. So I feel like Steve McQueen's like, it's probably like, I would like you to take these as one whole thing, but people are chopping it up. <laughs> I'm sure we'll hear about it post award season from him because he is not, he's not one to hold back. And so while we're talking about like what small acts is, there are five movies. So there is Mangrove, Lover's Rock, Red, White, and Blue, Alice Weddle, Weedle, and Education. So Mangrove is the first in the series. It's about the man, um, trial of the Mangrove Nine. Um, they were um, a group of activists um, associated with the Black Panthers who were like targeted by the police outside of Mangrove Restaurant. That film is really good. Um, I was I watched it over Thanksgiving, and I really enjoyed that one. Um, I would recommend it. And then it's Lover's Rock, which we'll talk a little bit about later. And then I only watched the the first three. So I watched Red, White, and Blue. Um, and this is the one that stars um, John Boyega and Antonia Thomas, um, which for us, I, I feel like we... Antonia Thomas. We know her from uh-huh. like Misfits and uh-huh. Scrotal Recall. <laughs> It's not scrotal recall. Anymore. To me, it's scrotal recall. It's love sack. It's love sack. Y'all can rebrand if you want to, but uh, that's recall. my girl Alicia from Misfits, as she first came to me, um, and I love her. I haven't. I used to follow her on Twitter, and then I think I did like a hard purge on like most of the celebrity accounts that I follow on Twitter, um, just so I didn't have to like you know have to denounce anybody. <laughs> denounce people regularly because you know people are so dumb um and so i just was like everybody has to go um but i really like seeing her because i looked and i was like oh shoot that's my girl <laughs> i didn't know she was in here i knew john boyega was in one of these um and i knew Letitia wright was in mangrove she's on the actual cover i think john boyega is on the cover of of his episode and Letitia's in the cover of her on the cover of her episode um, but I didn't realize that Antonia was even involved. And I was like, yes, there goes my girl. Let's stay booked. Yeah, like this. Okay. So this is an interesting episode when I was watching it. Cause it was for me personally, I was like, mm, can't relate, but <laughs> it's, yeah, it, yeah, it was about like, um, Real, like all of these are based on like real events that happened over in um, UK. Um, so it was about Leroy Logan, who is a black police officer who founded the um, Black Police Association over there. Um, and he like what inspired him to become a police officer was he was like harassed as a youth um, by white officers and he wanted to become a police officer so that he can kind of fix it from the inside. But (laughs) with that, like one thing about that, like, I don't want to say like, instead of, 
because where we leave the point in the story, it's like he became like a target for harassment, like on the job by his peers too. Like they they would just leave him out to dry. Yeah, they left him like, you know, you're supposed to back up your fellow police officer. They didn't. He almost got his like his, you know, skull cracked in. Um, They also wrote slurs on his locker, which I loved John Boyega cussing at people because John has been giving this kind of energy ever since he stopped um, really while he was in the middle of filming Star Wars. But once he was like, I don't have to answer to the mouse or to Kathleen Kennedy <laughs> anymore. <laughs> he said, I'm sick of you bitches and I will not be afraid or I will not hesitate to let you know. And so actually hearing him call a bunch of people, a bunch of fucking pussies just made my soul sing, um, which is good because I, the whole time I was like, John, a cop. <laughs> you got to be, you're right. Okay. <laughs> Which I try to be like, like, okay, like, because in Mangrove, there's definitely, like, the police are the main antagonists. And then in Lover's Rock, there's not really any police um, interference. There's a close call, but they're not as prominent. And then, so I guess, like, it makes sense to tell the other side of it, which is, like, somebody thinking, okay, well, I'll just go in and, and fix it from the inside and then it'll all be fixed and it'll be solved and this is just the way to do things um (laughs) but realistically i'm like oh honey (laughs) because usually they'd be worse because they got something to prove yeah but you know and then begin dogged out and like dogged out, attacked while they're off duty because their fellow cop doesn't quote unquote recognize them and all kinds of shit. <laughs> like what in God's name? But I liked it too because they also showed um people being like, I don't know what the fuck you're doing, but I guess we'll support you kind of. Yeah, like <laughs> like when his mama at prayer <laughs> she was like, order his steps as he goes into police training for the next six weeks and help us find the wisdom to understand what he's doing (laughs) with his life. And I was like, yes, this is such a black mother thing to do (laughs) to to call you out in the middle of prayer. And you can't say shit because it's in the, you're in the middle of prayer. (laughs) And it's, it's good. Like the performances, like you got some actors in there. So performances. He is great. Yes. He's, yeah, it is hard for I guess us now to see look back and be like you saw like you didn't see your dad but you saw the re- you saw the results of what the police did to your dad and you're like, "Yes, I think I'm going to go try to change them from the inside." I'm like, oh, "What? What?" Yeah. But you know, he went on to create an organization that Yeah, he's he's like a pretty uh I feel like he's really decorated. Like, he's got mm-hmm. an MBE. He's got, like, what is it? Uh, um, like, Order of the British Empire, um, which I guess he's met the queen. Is it the queen or is it, who gives out that one? I don't remember. One of them, one of the royals gives those awards. I feel like it's the queen. But he's, um, yeah, he's been pretty, pretty active um, in the Metropolitan Police for, a long, long ass time. He's actually still alive. 
Um, so, um, and John Boyega did a good job of playing um, Leroy Logan. But um, yeah, I think for some of us, I'll be like, why am I? What? What, <laughs> what kind of decision? But, you know, so. you know, you know. Yeah. And then. Yeah, but did you watch, you didn't watch any of the other ones. I watched some of the fourth one, but I didn't finish it. Okay. Um, okay. But I know, like, with reading some of the summary, it's about a novelist um, who was imprisoned after the results of the 1981 Brixton Uprising. And like, and I'm not like we're not British. Um, if you, if you didn't notice, if you couldn't tell, so I'm not like intimately familiar with all of this. Is and this is part of the reason why I was very interested in this series. So I learned like I don't know if people are aware of this, but I love history. Um, so for me, like this was an opportunity for me to learn more about a different area in a history there. So I learned more. Um, so I will be finishing the series probably sometime this week or when I remember, which who knows the way my brain <laughs> set up. But yeah, yeah. I definitely plan on watching the last two. Um, and I know that Steve McQueen said that he... He can. He came up with these like a long time ago, maybe like ten years ago. Um, like the idea for making these. So I guess just to give everybody like a kind of like a realistic view of sometimes how long an idea will take to get on screen. Um, I know he said that he wasn't like he wouldn't have considered himself. I guess emotionally mature at some. At I guess at that point to have fully brought this like these stories to life and also um at one point they weren't um nobody was looking to pay him <laughs> or finance these kinds of movies and stories um which is like a huge problem um because i know the last one lover's rock is kind of based on his aunt um and kind of how she used to sneak out of the house <laughs> and go to parties when she was younger and then I think the last one, which is education, is about his sort of personal story of, like, growing up in, like, the British education system and, and being put in, like, classes that are kind of, like, the, like, lower tier or whatever. Um, in the sense of, like, if you have an A class and a B class, you'd always be put in the B classes. And I think whatever school he went to, like, did that on purpose to, like, black students. Um, because I guess if you had less black students achieving anything in their school, they would work they would um less black people would be attracted to into sending their kids <laughs> to the school and I'm like Jesus Christ you people are terrible um but I think too like he he said that he really wanted this to be number one accessible which is why it was released like through um I guess through the BBC and released weekly like you didn't have to you know pay extra to watch this on some channel um, and also because he really hadn't seen these kind of stories being put out, um, about like black British history, which here in the, like in the U S like we only really focus on U S black history, which is like a, um, how do I put this? <laughs> 
which is kind of a sore spot, I think, for a lot of people. Um, but this is also why I encourage people to watch um, films outside of America and watch things that were made outside of America because we are not the only ones that have a black story. Um, and there's also there's also like a misconception that outside of America, it's way better <laughs> when, in, when in reality, we're going through the same things. Yeah, like watching this, I was like, oh, so mm, universal, universal experience. It's, okay, oh, gotcha, yeah, gotcha. It, yeah, and it's so funny. So I remember I used to watch this girl on YouTube I won't like say her name or whatever, but um, she's like just like a black um, YouTuber from the UK. And she I don't even know if she still makes videos, but um, she does like, you know, hair, makeup, that kind of stuff. Right. Um, and I remember because uh, I think she has a white she had a white boyfriend at the time or I don't know if they're still together or whatever, because I really I haven't watched her videos in like a year. But um, I remember her talking like in a Q&A and being like, yeah, we have racism here, but it's not like it is in America. Like people will say like rude things here, but it's not like it is in America. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, no, that can't be right. <laughs> that can't be right, girl. That can't be right. And then like you watch stories like this and I'm like, yeah, no. <laughs> I do like the fact that like this is an education for many people, not just like people out here, like people that don't live in the UK I feel like this might be educational for people who do live in the UK or people who are like young but also people who might have grown up um during this time that you can be like oh yeah this is like this is what happened and I can like talk to my family or talk to my I don't know nieces and nephews and kids about this sort of stuff so it it it's nice that I like that this exists I feel like more of this kind of thing should exist um but also I feel like Lover's Rock kind of stands out to me because it's not really like a historical document necessarily. It's like more like a moment in time. And you want, like when you're watching it, you want to be there. Like, not okay. Mm -hmm. Like, you want to be at this party. You, I want to be at this party. I've never wanted to be at a party so badly <laughs> in my life. Like, and it's not just because no. you've been locked in the house for a year. It's just like, oh you want to, I wanted to be at that party, singing, yeah. dancing, mm -hmm. eating the food. They cooking, oh my God, cooking in the kitchen when they showed that shot, everybody preparing that food. It looks oh, so good. It made me think of like Christmas time with my aunts and my cousins and stuff because we were all in the kitchen. And now that I'm of age, I am also being invited into the kitchen. <laughs> so it just reminded me of, of those days when we get together and we're all like in the kitchen making shit happen. Um, but yes, I was definitely sitting there like, wow, to be hugged up on somebody's son in the dark. Remember those days? <laughs> I barely remember those days. It's been so long. <laughs> Even pre-pandemic. This is the type of party that I would always love to go to where the music is flowing and people are just like enjoying it. And not that this was like a perfect party by any means. There's some fucked up shit that happens at this party. But at the same time, I grew up at a time where 
people, well, men mostly, stop dancing. I don't know when it happened, but I feel like by like 2009, 2010, I feel like men mostly stopped dancing. Uh, I would like to tell you that it occurred earlier. I would say probably around 2004. Oh, I wasn't even out in the streets yet. (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't even out in the streets yet. But see, we had the Dougie. Oh. When I when I graduated and went to college, like my freshman year, like the Dougie was a really hot dance. It hadn't even gotten, we hadn't even gotten to teach me how to Dougie yet. Like it was just like my Dougie and all the things. So like we still had men who danced, but it was, you know, it was starting to like wane. <laughs> and then. The little um, wheel Dougie, y'all. Little wheel Dougie. Little, the, yeah, the little wheel Dougie. Dougie. The I better Dougie, y'all. y'all are, yeah, I don't know if y'all are doing like a TikTok Dougie. I don't want to know because. I know it's it's going to happen because TikTok dances are 99% arms and so is the Dougie. <laughs> There's no leg movements at all in TikTok dancing. If, um, I'm sorry. If y'all y'all listening, look up Lil Will's song. Like, bust it open. Is it called bust it open? Is it bust it? Bust it, bust it open. Uh, are you talking about the very explicit? Y'all listen to that because that <laughs> is a good song, y'all. It... Should I even say the lyrics? <laughs> no, not on the air. But if they listening, they'll go listen and they'll be like, <laughs> "I." It is called "Bust It Open." Um, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that one. That was a. That was a. That was a. Tell them bring it back. Bust it. Bust it. Oh. That was a great. We see. Tell them bring it back. Some, oh my god. Some heat sometimes. Um, not as many as other parts of Texas, but you know, sometimes we, we, we um, we have our contributions, <laughs> but yeah, that was like, that was such a long time ago where I used to like go out to like parties and stuff and, and then it just got less fun. Um, but I thought, I felt like other people got less fun. Like they didn't want to dance anymore and it became about looking good and taking pictures, posed pictures on Instagram, not, you know spontaneous photography everything had to be like this is how we do tonight was a movie i'm posing like this i'm looking at the ground (laughs) every pose i'm not looking at the camera but the camera specifically and strategically pose like place to where you can see my entire outfit (laughs) and so it just got less fun to go out um also, the concept of, like, a kickback became a thing where people just, like, go over people's houses and just smoke weed and watch movies. Like, I could do that at the house. <laughs> That's not fun. That's not fun to me. So, um, I feel like this echoes a lot that we said in, like, the house party episode, <laughs> which is like, damn, I just want to have fun at the house. Like, I just want to go out and dance and have fun and not be weird. <laughs> <laughs> And now we can't even do that because it's a pandemic. Unless you live in Atlanta, I guess you can do whatever you want. But like, uh, um, some of us around here are at the house. <laughs> uh, oh my god! Be at the house for a long time. But um, yeah, this is this is a good. Can you imagine? I just want to like imagine it. It's just such a nice like. It's the the eighties. I feel like I I've. The early 80s, it's you the got 70s. your blow. I thought it was like the early 80s, late 70s. Uh, I want to say it's the 70s. Okay. Only because of kung fu fighting. 
But you know um, who else made kids listen to that? Ma. Yeah. <laughs> or her Kato's finest. Yes. <laughs> she had kids in the see- basement talking about. Ah. <laughs> With that hat on, that uh, fat Albert and the Kaji kids hat. <laughs> I hate that fucking hat. Um, one day we're gonna do Ma, and it's I don't know. That's it's gonna, gonna be, be fun. A paid episode. <laughs> I mean, because people get banished off the internet. <laughs> Man, okay, so Kung Fu Fighting came out in 1974, so I want to say it was like around then. <sighs> It, I say because Mangrove, Mangrove was set like in the late sixties, early seventies. So I want to say this is probably mid to late seventies, um, in terms of dress and musical. I mean, most of the music we should also say most of the music is reggae or some like subgenres of reggae because Lovers Rock is actually a, a subgenre of reggae mm-hmm. where it's supposed to be more of like the more romantic tunes mm-hmm. it's um, like when LL dropped I Need Love or Plies Buss It Baby right? Is, is Buss It Baby a romantic? Yes it, Buss It Baby is like the most I romantic would... song I have ever heard in my life oh wait and not Buss It Baby has... I'm thinking about Shoddy Shoddy did I about to say Busted Baby Girl for real? But Busted Baby is also <laughs> romantic. Like, Plies, Plies is just romantic to me. Plies is newly minted. Plies. He buried his grills Plies. in the dirt somewhere. I think I love Plies a little bit. <laughs> I think everybody has a crush on Plies now. Like, <laughs> also, he's pro-vaccine he said i used to drink hennessy and red bull so let's get it <laughs> like yeah shouty is a song i'm thinking about but also busted baby both are uh, like yeah. both are really romantic in my opinion i feel like this kind of music is more like the like the r&b like i'm crying in the rain for you type song like jodeci yeah, that's what I was thinking. But not, maybe not as sexual as Jodeci. Because every time I think about Jodeci, I'm like, somebody's somebody's getting bust down. <laughs> Jodeci was, like, aggressively horny. Like, it was... Always. Like... Always. Always. <laughs> like, you could definitely see something happening here. But this is, like, sweeter. Maybe, like, a... Like a I don't know. Like this is, like, a Tony, 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 maybe? Yeah, so I'm very, like... Something lighter. You know how people or, talk about like old R and B where people would see be like pining away from people like that kind this of This is a gap band. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like a gap band. You know what? Oops, I've been listening to a true. lot of gap band. And before Charlie Wilson started making that hey Miss Lady music. Charlie last first name Charlie last name. Mr. Charlie, man. Like before he started making that music. Gap Man made some points, you know, like yearning for your love, you know. Yeah, I'm thinking of, I'm trying to think of one. Um, what was a good uh, song from the 70s I used to be just like, damn, are you okay? Like, <laughs> like Teddy Pendergrass, like that kind of stuff. Yeah, what's the one? Um, what's the song? I feel like we oh, go get <laughs> 
No, what's the song that I can't remember where he's like, oh, he starts talking. He's like, baby, you know how much I love you. <laughs> and he just goes on and on and on. What's that song called? It's a fe- it's like a really famous song. Wait, Ashley, are you going to tell me the song? Ah, 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 ah. And then What is that song called? It's going to be like from 1994. No, no, this is an old song. No, 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 this is an old song. What is that song called where he's just like, is it Girl I? No. Girl, you know I, 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 I. that one. Yeah, that one. Fuck, what is that this? one? But like, but what is that song? Oh shit! You know, you know this, right? Wait, I googled I know the it. Sample, and I and then I Google told right. me it was birthday sex by Jeremy. But that's not it. <laughs> Jeremy, girl, that was a hit too. That's, it see, that's that's too much. That's too much. That's too much. <laughs> But that song, that song that he samples or whatever on okay birthday, on birthday sex on birthday sex. Um, Lenny, is it Lenny Williams? Cause I love you. Yes, yes, that's the song. Why can't I remember who that was? Yeah, it's like that kind of yearning, but like with a groove to it. I would say like <laughs> it's not too much. It's not too much like of a ballad. Like this is like some you know. It's sweet. Fine. Fine. Yeah, it's sweet. You meet your first love to this kind of music, you know. Um, I started watching this uh, documentary about, um, like, the genre of lovers rock, a, or like, uh, like a little bit earlier today. Um, and there's a lot of people who were like, "Oh yeah, like this type of music would make any person just kind of like want to fall in love. Like you could be the hardest dude at the party, you know, with a couple murders under your belt." <laughs> And, and, um, but you, like, if you heard one of these songs, like, you want to go find the nearest girl and, like, dance with her. And, and also I was like, oh, this is when, like, people used to dance face to face. Which is so sad. I was like, remember dancing face to face? Oh, I Harry. can't recall a time. Yeah. I mean, with my girl, like, with my girls, yes. But I've, uh, yeah, this is, like, almost, like. Almost slow, not slow dancing in the cheesy way, but damn, that's the closest I remember. And I was like, "Oh wow, remember, remember that?" <laughs> damn, what is sad, sad, sad? Dance, damn, dance. But maybe dancing. that's why men don't dance. But maybe that's why men don't dance because they fucking can't, and that's why they're just like, "Oh yeah, you dance on me," but also they want to look like some sort of G's or whatever. When in reality, they didn't got no rhythm. Uh, maybe, you know what? Maybe they should be on TikTok doing a little... When the clubs open up, somebody's going to get popped in the eye. I, You know what? I, My fantasy, my fantasy... <laughs> oh, no. Is to do a choreographed dance like white chicks in a public space. <laughs> Okay, so you have to have a crew, and, yes. then, and then your crew is gonna battle another person's crew. Yes. Did you see that TikTok of that white girl who like called out some other oh. like, white girl for being a Trump supporter, and then she said we're gonna dance it out or some shit? Oh shit! And then she like, and she was really decided dancing. to dance. Like it was, yeah, it wasn't a euphemism. It wasn't a metaphor. Like she wasn't like let's. It wasn't like let's dance as in like let me go beat your ass. It was like literally like it was let me. 
let me dance. And then I guess she expected the girl to respond. I don't know how TikTok works like that, but I'm assuming. I guess they're going to do a duet and they're going to dance battle. Like That girl was not going to reply. I don't know. <laughs> I saw that. That was weird. And I was like, oh, okay. I didn't think that's how it was going to end. And I was like. It was so weird. Okay, the last it dance. was weird. But you know Okay, what? Julia Styles. Get it, girl. <laughs> it was different. That was different. I, I saw that one. It was different is what it was. That was real different. <laughs> it was different. Girl. Um, yeah. So like I said earlier, <laughs> I guess to go, to go back to the actual um, plot and synopsis. Um, so this is based off of Steve McQueen's aunt. He used to sneak out and go to what is called like blues night, which is like what these parties were. So basically, um, people in like a, uh, I guess in a, I don't know, a, I don't know if you want to call this a flat or like their apartment building or whatever. I, this one, this one, it reminded me of, it reminded me of being at my uncle's brownstone because his family owned like their whole brownstone and so they own every floor. And so this is kind of what it reminded me of was like going to like somebody's brownstone and kind of have like a big party there. Mm. Um, because it's multiple, it's not just one family owns it. It's like, um, like the neighbors and everything were coming to this party too, because this is a, uh, it was actually, um, partially a birthday party for one of the characters whose name Cynthia. She's turning 17. So she's a grown woman. And, um, and so they would clear out everything, all the furniture and, um, household items. And they'd basically set it up to where, the DJ would have his sound system and everything and they would, like Brittany said, they would be cooking in the kitchen and they would start, um, they would be selling like drinks and stuff and then you'd have like a, like a doorman, um, charging people to get in and, um, you could come and party and this was kind of like a thing, I guess that people did like in the 70s and 80s. Um, it kind of reminded me of some other Things I think that happened later. I feel like they were called, um, were they called sound system parties? I want to say, I might, I'm probably getting that wrong, but it kind of reminded, um, it kind of reminded me of the same thing where people would like gather and have these like hugely large parties in like the whole neighborhood basically and be invited um, and I know like there's some other like, um, UK musicians that have, um, kind of come up in sort of similar, I guess, like atmosphere where, um, like the one thing of is Rich Manuva, who's a UK rapper. And I think he like, he said his neighbors down the street would have like these massive parties and like his parents would complain, but he would sneak out and go to them. Um, I think like in the late eighties, early nineties, and that's when he kind of started learning how to like to rap and stuff like that. Um, so they're, they're pretty big cultural, I guess, touch points, um, for people to gather. And, um, and this movie, I feel like this is really not plot driven like the other two. It's really about the party cause it only happens in one night. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's basically starts with, um, a character named Martha sneaking out of her house um to come to this to the uh, blues night and then you see everybody like setting up and everything and getting ready and um 
And the party begins. And she, uh, Martha meets um, a young man named Franklin, I believe his name is, and they kind of hit it off. And so you see, like, their relationship grow, um, or at least, like, the potential of their relationship grow over, like, the whole night. Um, And it's so sweet. It's beautiful. It's so sweet, man. Oh, my God. (laughs) Um... So, um, I guess it's like, not all the characters, not all the characters really name. well, they have names, but I didn't catch all the characters' names. All so I all got- know is Martha, <laughs> Patty, Franklin, mm-hmm. Cynthia, and Bammy. That's and, all I got. And, and Reggie. Reggie, which is Franklin's rude-ass, mm-hmm. but really fine-ass friend. Hmm. He was very fine. He was rude as hell. <laughs> and, and I think I was calling Bammy little baby for a little bit. Oh, that hat he had on. My goodness. <laughs> Another Cosby kid hat. <laughs> I was like, now she's stepping to people with this hat. Mm-hmm. And this white suit, child. This is... What a time. <laughs> Man, what a time. <laughs> but, like, okay. With the, like, story, it's... It's so beautiful. Like, it's beautifully shot. It's, mm-hmm. oh, there are just so many moments. I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but I'm going to try. Um, but with Martha, like, it's like two separate stories. Um, you kind of get like Cynthia's story and you get Martha's story. Um, the two women have, or two women have kind of very different nights. Um, Martha, she is supposed to be going to the party with her friend Patty. Yeah, they meet up. And I love when they're talking about, oh, do I look good? Do my shoes look scuffed up? And also, I should say, side note, um, most of the dialogue is like in some form of Jamaican patois. We, at least I'm not Jamaican. Brittany, are you Jamaican? No. Okay, so we are not qualified to even remotely... (laughs) say the dialogue word for word so uh we're just gonna be like you know kind of paraphrasing but everything is ma- mainly i think i would say like 99 percent of the dialogue is like in in patois so um there's another layer there um that i thought was cool like it's not like these are people speaking as they would actually speak it's not like watered down for anybody to like understand it or whatever like if you have problems pop on the subtitles <laughs> like, like i have on everything but yeah, to paraphrase it, like, her and Patty are kind of showing up, and they're like, oh, you know I look good? Like, do I look good? Like, and Patty's like, this ain't no town hall you going to. Like, you kind of come dressed to impress, Miss Ma'am, because she was mad at, she's mad at Martha for, um, for throwing her shoes <laughs> out the window when she, when she ran, <laughs> when she snuck out the house. <laughs> and she was like, did you want me to carry them in my teeth? And I was like, okay, we don't need to do all that now. Like, it's just, <laughs> like, <laughs> Is the party that serious? But I guess it would be. Oh, Miss Siri talking. But um, yeah, they're they're getting the bus to the um to the function, and then Cynthia, it's her birthday, and I love how oh I love when they show her getting ready with her friend. Yeah, and oh! like everybody's all excited. She has like her dress and. Mm-hmm. 
It's to get her hair pressed, oh, hot combed. Red dress. It's like I am here. Mm-hmm. I'm here to make a statement and y'all see me. Um Right. And I, I really like that's one of the scenes I really liked because it's nothing like getting ready to go out with your girls. Like I yeah. And they always will hype you up and stuff. The good friends will hype you up. You don't have friends to hype you up, you need to go get some other ones. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um and she comes and she's like let me make you pretty and stuff and she goes and like how comes her hair and and um which i was like oh i don't miss some days <laughs> <laughs> i did although i have been begging my mom to get a hot comb because i'm like can you really just get in there can you just get in there so i don't have to do it with this little janky uh, flat iron but she's like absolutely not i will not be touching your hair <laughs> <laughs> We got the hot combs in the drawer. We just ain't used them. We haven't used them hot combs since we, I think we've got like a a glass top stove. So it's been a minute. Mm. The, oh, the hot combs that go on the stove or electric ones? Like the actual, no, like we don't, we are an old school. Like these are passed down from generation to generation. I'm pretty sure these have to be the ones that my great, my great grandma used to burn the hell out of my ear with <laughs> and take for goddamn ever to do it too um i'm pretty sure these are the, the these are those like these are the family hot combs mm. we, my mom i told my mom about electric hot combs she was like what? Mm. They have what they don't work the same they just don't i don't think they i don't think they do i've never seen anybody use them except for on a wig yeah they they don't sure they, yeah. don't. they don't they don't have they don't have the heat <laughs> <laughs> the scalding devil's heat <laughs> that can straighten anything. Mm. Oh, and when they try to get too close to like your edges, oh my god. Mm. And you're just like you're begging them, like, please stop. <laughs> like, I don't want my hair to be that straight. I don't think I want my hair to be that straight. <laughs> no more. Uh yeah, I I like this scene a lot because they're like hyping each other up and they're talking about winding their waists and 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 like getting ready for the party. And I think they were like dancing in the mirror too and stuff like that. It was very cute. Yes. 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 Yeah. I was like, oh, I remember going out places. I remember getting ready to go out. Instead of wearing Sweatpants. <laughs> like I've been wearing for the last like 10 months or whatever. <laughs> chaos. Chaos. Almost 11 months now. Shit. Chaos, uh-huh. man. <laughs> it's been a long time since I felt the need to dress up. <laughs> um, but I think too, um, like when everybody comes, I love when, first of all, um, when like Martha and Patty get there. They get in line or whatever, because there's a line to get in the building. And um, the there's a, a doorman or like a, a, a bodyguard or not a bodyguard, like a bouncer. Sorry, a doorman. Um, he was like, oh, no, you don't have to pay. It's so nice to have this like cute girls at the party. <laughs> and I was like, yes, ladies get in free. The good old days. Mm-hmm. Love that. And then he made all the men pay. He's like, all right, pay up. <laughs> Um, but once I get to party, like, Cynthia was giving her some heat. Yes. Don't know why. I don't know either. Right? Like, 
like Martha and her friend weren't really, you know, how some people be coming to people's houses, just be acting an ass. And like, you're like, okay, I know you're here. Everybody knows you're here. Clearly you want everybody to look at you, but like Martha and Patty weren't doing that. They were just kind of in the, you know, they were just there minding their business. Yeah. Like they weren't, you know, like they weren't even like up on people or being rude and stuff. And like, she was like, do you know who this girl is? (laughs) Who is this girl (laughs) at my party? I don't know who this is. I don't know who this is, but I was like, well, I was like, she didn't kind of, but they don't actually like interact really at this point. So, um, so they just playing some, some music and they start playing, uh, Kung Fu fighting <laughs> and everybody had their little poses. Oh, goodness. Everybody had their little, you know, they were ready. People were ready. When they, this is why I think it came on in the seventies cause, or this was set in the seventies cause I was like, people were hype. <laughs> I mean, I don't know when the last time I've ever seen anybody hyped to hear this song. Again, and I know songs lasted a long freaking time back then. Ma longer than like was hype, girl. Ma okay, was, hype. was hype, but Ma was in high school. <laughs> Ma was hype when Kung Fu Fighting and fucking Funky Town came on. Ma love Funky Town. What was it by Lips? Was it Lips? Lip Sync. Lips Incorporated. Yeah, Lips Incorporated. Girl, she did that. Funky Town's a good song. Okay. I bet yeah, like, if you took love. Ma to fucking Chuck E. Cheese, she would have a blast. That's probably the last time I heard uh, <laughs> Kung Fu Fighting. Yeah, shit. That's all they play. All they play is Funky Town at fucking Chuck E. Cheese for a moment. Like lock-ins and stuff. You know, I, do you ever go to like a skate lock-in and like you could tell they were starting to run out of music? <laughs> <laughs> they were start. They were starting to wear out music around like uh, midnight or whatever. <laughs> Girl, Mm-mm. so many skate lock-ins I went to that lasted like all night or whatever, and you could see like about like one or two a.m. They were like, "We gotta find something before we start playing the hits again," <laughs> and they would start playing shit like this. Um, but yeah, they're all like, it was really cute to see everybody doing their little moves and stuff. And you see people like, you know, people on a, you know, hugging the wall, choosing. Mm-hmm. These was choosing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think like, is this when we see Bammy come up to her, come up to Martha the first time? Yeah, Bammy, who <laughs> reminded me a little bit of Little Baby the Rapper, um, in looks or in attitude? In looks. He looked like Lil Baby. A little bit. Oh, Lil Baby. Yeah. Wait, Lil Baby or Duh Baby? I don't know what Lil Baby looks Lil like. Lil Baby the rapper, not Duh Baby. Lil Baby. Oh, girl, this is insulting. This is rude. He did look a little bit like is Lil this, Baby. Is this the guy that makes that meme with his, like, teeth? I don't know. He looked like a little okay, bit like Lil Baby. No, cause there's a meme. There, no, this might be him. There's a meme of this of the same, this face. But he, yeah, yeah. I have to find a picture, cause ooh, child. Um, don't do Bammy like that. Bammy wasn't shit, but like, don't do. <laughs> That's rude. <laughs> now that I've googled little baby. I mean, that's not speaking on a little baby or this young man, but 
they reminded me a little bit of each other. Anyway. Daniel Francis Swabby, you don't have to suffer like that. He reminded me. Wow. Okay. Well, he he starts coming to Martha. Martha's like, um, please raise up off me. Yeah. She was like, uh, please get the fuck out my face. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to the restroom. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah, yeah, he she was not with the shits at all. She's not with the shits. And I think that's yeah, this was when this is when she goes to the bathroom when Patty or she's about to and then Patty left stopped. Well no, remember this is when they meet Franklin and Reggie. They meet Reggie first and he asks her like what her name is. He asked Patty what her name is and he, she said Patty. He's like, Oh, beef patty. <laughs> I was like, don't do Miss Patty like that. And I don't even know if he was trying to say she was like big or she was trying to say like she looked like she was delicious. But I was like, either way, you rude. <laughs> you rude. You rude. I don't think he would have done that if she wasn't as tall as she was. But I was like, you didn't have to do that. That was not, that was uncalled for. And she was like, she looked like she's about to cuss him out. And then. And she would have been kind of right. She would have been justified because don't just call me food. Like, that's not nice. Mm -hmm. I know some people like to be like, oh, you're a whole meal. Don't know. I don't know you like that, sir. <laughs> we put it into like, into, into 21st century context, I guess. Um, this is like you, a stranger coming up to me, calling me a whole meal. I'm going to assume the worst and I'm going to fight you. <laughs> <laughs> and, but luckily he's saved by Franklin. Who was like, he comes in, he's trying to be like, no, he thinks your friend is cute or some shit like that. And then, um, and Martha's like into him already. They're both kind of like, like, hey, 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 Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I feel like this is also like, I don't know if they go to the bathroom then, but I know they start talking to each other. Like Martha and Franklin, they kind of figure out that they're both Jamaican um, and that she is, she was born in England, so she's, I guess, like, first generation, and he is an immigrant from Jamaica, um, so they kind of, like, get to know each other like that, um, and <clears throat> it's kind of that moment in the party when you see your friend leaving <laughs> And I was like... With somebody... Hmm. Why do you think she left her, left her? I, like, I got nervous. Why? Because, like, Patty? for both of them, like, at two separate intervals, because yeah, yeah, I mean, she, it was established that they neither one of them knew anyone else at the party at that time, right? Yeah. Because <clears throat> they From were what I can tell, there together. Yeah. Yeah, like um, um, Martha says later, like she, she doesn't know anybody at the party, like know anybody else at the party. So I'm trying to figure out how they found out about the party in the first place. But um, I guess a flyers, I don't know, word of mouth. But uh, yeah, they don't know anybody. So I didn't think she was leaving her, leaving her though. I thought they were going back to the dance floor at one point. I mean, but I mean, she should have just grabbed her, but she should have grabbed her hand and been like, "Come on, girl, let's go to the dance floor or something." But, you know, maybe she... Patty was pressed. <laughs> you, who knows what... You know how Patty is. 
Patty was pressed. <laughs> you know Patty. <laughs> Poor, listen, if you got me hugged out with somebody, you just referred to me as a beef Patty, bitch. <laughs> Even though I really want to try a beef Patty. I've never had one. They are, well, I've only had chicken. But when I tell you, back when I used to eat chicken and meat, yeah. When I tell it was good. When I tell you, <laughs> mm. I um I feel like we probably have a Jamaican restaurant here, but I don't really know of any Ooh. off top stew chicken. Oh, um, brown stew chicken. Oh my god. British <laughs> remembering the old days of meat eating. Oh my god! Like I was the other day, I was looking up how to make brown stew to- with tofu. I couldn't find the correct recipe to make it right and also if i had to make it i knew it would be nasty so <laughs> i don't think you're gonna convince anybody to make you any tofu yeah any brown stew tofu <laughs> but <laughs> i want to try one day one day i'll go find a spot i'll um have to bring a friend or something we'll go find some food because it's all um, out of all the years I've been here, I think I have an idea of where a Jamaican restaurant might be here because they're really not common. Um, in my town, at least. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I mean, listen, don't call me food. <laughs> Patty was justified. I feel like you know you just dipped on me. Um, and I think this is when Martha ends up going to the bathroom. Too, and this is when she figures out that Patty done left her. Mm, Patty put her coat on and was like, <laughs> she was walking she was fast gone. as fuck down the street. She was, she was gone. Them legs took her, and then Martha goes running out for her. And this is when this is like one of the f- like few times you see white people on here mm-hmm. because I think the one time you saw white people on, on like on screen in this episode, this is when she was catching the they were catching the bus. Mm-hmm. And she was riding the bus home, or no, when she was riding the bus, when they were riding the bus to the party, and then, um, but they didn't really like interact with anybody, I think. Um, although I think somebody was like catcalling on the bus, but I can't remember. Um, like when they were finding their seats and stuff, but it wasn't like weird. Like I think they were like kind of enjoying it, I guess. And then this part, <laughs> this part was like, <laughs> I was like, oh no. I forgot y'all were around. <laughs> I was so into the moment, I forgot y'all existed. They was being antagonistic and racist. Oh my god! How do you how do you cat call and do monkey calls mm-hmm. in the same breath? Mm. It was like a group of them because she's gonna look for her friend and she's gonna look for Patty because Patty went that direction. We never see Patty again. And I was like, Patty. <laughs> I was so scared. I was scared for Patty. I hope Patty okay, honestly. I was like, I hope Cat Patty uh caught the bus home because hell no. Cause there's like a group of them over there and they're like doing monkey like little like monkey hoots at her and shit. She calls them a bunch of wankers, which I thought was funny. And then um and then they're like actually like about to like run after her and like follow her down the street and like the the um the bouncer the bouncer yeah the bouncer looks like I was that man was tall <laughs> that man could bounce somebody 
Um, and they were like, okay, let's, let's, what did they say? Like, let's fuck off somewhere. And I was like, yes, please. Why are you spoiling the moment? Mm-hmm. Don't you have something else to do? Mm-hmm. Mind your business. Go to a pub. Leave people alone. <laughs> like, damn. Cause she wasn't doing, last she just. Get- she was trying to make sure her friend was okay. Yeah, also, like, see, why the fuck you leave me? And here you come. Yeah, she said, you leaving me at this party, I'm leaving you at this party for real, bitch. <laughs> she, she dipped. Mm. I'm like, okay. So then she's all like, in, like she's kind of just stressed because she's like right, right around the party and then she realizes, she's like, I don't know anybody here. Yeah. And Franklin's like, well, girl, where'd you run off to? <laughs> and they're like, kind of, Slightly arguing. He's like, does my breath stink? Like, what'd you go? <laughs> he, oh, she was like, I don't know anybody here. He was like, basically, he was like, well, you know me now. Yeah, what? the other time I'd be like, man, fuck you. But, you know, at this time, I was like, oh. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's, that's cute. Okay. That's cute for the time. She don't know you like that, though. But she, <laughs> that's cute, I guess. <laughs> And I guess he's like, okay, come dance with me. And I think this is the scene where they're all dancing to, is this song called Silly Games? I think uh, so. Like, it's, um, let me figure out what this song is. I believe that. Oh, Janet, Janet K. Um, it's called Silly Games. Um, oh, you might, you know what? You might be right, bitch, because this song came out in 1979. Look at Brittany. I know my fashions. <laughs> this little kitten heels. <laughs> that's like, see, like, that's like that late 70s, early 80s type deal where they still look 70s. Yeah. Also. Okay, I'll give you, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Um, this is one of the artists that, that Martha had told Franklin that she liked because he asked if she was a rude girl or a soul head and she lists a bunch of artists, um, including Louisa Mark Jr. I want to say Junior English. Is that who that is? She says Gregory, which I'm assuming is Gregory Isaacs. Um, and then Janet Kay, which is the song that they play, which is like, I feel like this is like the extended version of this song because <laughs> it goes on for a while. This is the song that the uh, the ladies were singing at the beginning uh, when they were cooking food in the kitchen. Um, and like, if you don't, if honestly, if you don't watch anything else, like if you got an attention span like me and you cannot watch this hour long movie, this hour, eight minute long movie. Fast forward to this scene. Like, just watch this moment. Just watch this moment. But you're going to miss all the extra part. Because I think this, we skipped the part where Bambi came, this is when Bambi came up to her when she was in live in the bathroom, which I was also like, sir, why are you spitting game when somebody's trying to piss? Oh, Bambi. She's waiting in line to go pee. I also tried to follow her in the bathroom. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Very. What is wrong with you? Mm. Very sus. Mm Mm-hmm. But, like, this scene... Like, why can't you let her go in the bathroom? Because she's not going to come... She's not going to go anywhere else. There's no more doors in the bathroom. So if you were to wait respectfully, even though she done told you no, if you were to wait respectfully, 
<laughs> that might be a little bit less, but you actually tried to follow her in that tiny ass bathroom <laughs> with everybody watching. Rude. Mm. Rude, disrespectful, disgusting. But this is the games. Uh, this is the part where I was sitting there. I was like, oh, I wish I could go to a party. Yeah. It is. Because everybody's all hugged up on each other. Yeah, and just dancing, and the music is playing. And mm-hmm. then at a certain point, like, the DJ, like, cut the music, and everybody's just singing the song, mm-hmm. and everybody's mm-hmm. just dancing, and it's just like, yeah. community. You just feel like everybody's just there having a good time. I hate to say vibing, but like everybody's just like, It's a vibe, having, y'all. It's a vibe. Y'all are a vibe without it being pretentious and different. <laughs> and everybody's just on like the same page, I guess, in terms of enjoyment. Uh, Miss Mamas was over there hitting that note uh, more than a couple times. Yeah. She, she pulled that note up from her belly button. <laughs> she was like, she hit it. Um, a couple times, so it was sweet. I liked it, and then like I think Martha and Franklin are like, weren't they in the corner? I think so. Ooh, chow. <laughs> I was like, get it, Martha, get it. Yeah, it's it was it's so it's so it's so lovely. It's so lovely. <laughs> it's lovely. It it's very, lovely. It was it's very cute. It's very cute. Um. I think too. So this is when the drama starts, um, because I think after they dance, they um they go and get like a drink. They go. I don't know what he gets. I forgot. Um, and I thought he wasn't paying at first. And I was like, "Bitch, what the? What is this? <laughs> what is this? Why aren't you? Where's your money?" <laughs> then he pulled out some. He put out his change or whatever, and I was like, "Okay, good." We're not starting this off on the wrong foot. <laughs> We've already started this off on the wrong foot that your friend called my friend a beef patty. So do everything that you can in this moment <laughs> to start this off the right way. Um, and I think at the same time, they hear the bouncer arguing with somebody at the door. Mm-hmm. And it turns out it's Martha's cousin, Clifton. I think that's his name. Yeah, I want to say his name is Clifton, um, who was seen. So at the beginning of the movie, before they had started, like, I guess when people were still coming in, he was across the way at like a telephone booth, um, jacking coins out the booth, I guess, to pay to get in the party or or something. Mm. I don't know, because the party had been going on for a while. So, um, he doesn't come in. This is, this is Keter William Sterling. And I was like, well, damn, he finally, <laughs> and of course when he comes in, he decides to just fuck everything, but he's arguing with the bouncer. The bouncer won't let him in for whatever reason. Um, and then they're arguing and yelling so much that the cops kind of, when the cops drive by, he was like, get your ass in here. And, and closes the door because he doesn't want the cops to come burst at the party. He causes a commotion, and it yeah I'm... doesn't stop there. Like he like 
his just energy is a little it's, off. You know, like when people come in the party and you're like, oh, some shit's about to pop. Mm-hmm. Let's leave. That's 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 what this is happening. Although he's a tiny little little boy, but um, at least not. I mean, not in real life, but like, <laughs> and in, in comparison to the bouncer, uh, he looked very tiny. <laughs> he got a little stank ass attitude about everything. Mm-hmm. Um, which I don't even know. Like, I was very confused. So, did he realize that Martha was gonna be there, and that's why he came in the party? I don't think so. I think he. To me, I don't think he knew he she was going to be there. And when he got in there, she was there. And then he just started telling all her family business. <laughs> yeah, so Clifton and Martha are cousins. Um, and there's a whole thing. Like He basically got beef with Martha because um, when his father died, she did not come around. Um, and it's never said why or anything. Um, although they were talking about like, they did mention like who was more like, I guess, religious or whatever. Um, and then like Clifton's mad because he was like, my father used to come around your house because your daddy used to beat you and your mama's ass. Yeah. And, and, and Martha was like, shut the fuck, basically like, shut the fuck up. And I was sitting there like, you don't, you do like, not say that in front of the party, front of uh, strangers in public. Like, this is not the the place for this. I was like, she's trying to get. I'm like, she's already got her little piece right here. You got other people over here. The bouncer's already still pissed that you're in the that you're in, inside the and on the premises. And here you go talking about, oh yeah, like how many times did my dad to come over there because your father's temper and stuff. And I was like, and then he was like, when did y'all, you know, how long did it take for him beating your asses? I guess to to for y'all to leave him. And I was like, Jesus Christ. I was like, oh no. I was like, where is this all coming from? <laughs> I was like, you came to the function and that's your first thought? <laughs> it, I was like, oh, no. Like, I know about beef, but like, Jesus Christ. It, it was a lot. Yeah. And of course, like, Franklin comes to defend her with shout out to him. Um, and they're about, they look like they're about to scrap. But um, they did not because Martha ends up leaving. She ends up run, going out into the backyard um, to have a cigarette and kind of like cool down. And I think, I didn't realize this the first time I watched this because I watched this twice now. The um, I think the first time, in, I just thought her um, going and smoking a cigarette. Second time I realized that she was like, I guess picturing, or not picturing, but like hearing in the back of her like mind or whatever like hearing arguing and stuff like that which at first i thought was the party but then i realized it was like her remembering like her dad and stuff mm-hmm. and stuff arguing so there's like a lot there but like they don't really ever get they don't ever go like deeper into it um like we never really figure out why she never came around to the house really unless i'm just missing that um missing like I guess any like subtext or something. Um and then we also never figure out like anything else about her dad or anything like that. Um because she has to rescue Cynthia because Cynthia has been pulled back there by Bammy. 
Yes. So like during the one scene at the party, um, when everyone's dancing, um, Bammy kind of like makes eyes with Cynthia, um, because it kind of appears like no one is really paying attention to Cynthia in the way that she yeah, wants her it function. to be. Yeah, it's supposed to be her function. Like, this is my party. Why aren't y'all? Because she yells at some dude. I forgot what she yelled at him. She said you got ants in your pants or something. And I was like, wait, was he was he being inappropriate? I did not see. But, um, yeah, they, like, are dancing with everybody else doing the silly, gang, silly games um acapella session and then they end up like going down the back garden or whatever um and she's like where are you taking me but then it cuts to to the other parts of the other scenes or whatever but yeah man so when um martha is outside she comes across bammy attempting to rape cynthia mm-hmm. and she uh, Martha Flicks is like hot cigarette. oh hell no so she burns him with the cigarette and he's like wait what's going on and she tells Cynthia to run away no first she said come stand by me yeah she said come stand by me sis and I was like oh especially since she was giving you fever earlier mm-hmm. I was like oh come on solidarity and um, but this Cynthia fucking ran away and left her there and I was like okay never mind <laughs> And Bammy Damn Cynthia tells her to mind her business and yeah. um is about, about to run up on her. And Martha picks up a piece of glass, like a shard of glass, and holds it up to his neck. And yeah, we were about to get um a good gushing. Yep. And But then when she turned her back, he was about to attack her from behind and I was like, yo, you ain't shit. Mm-hmm. And then Franklin comes and they go to hand, like, I don't want to say handle Bammy, but they kind of like tell him like, no, you're not going to do this. And then he huffs off and goes back into the party, which probably is definitely not a good idea. He needs no. not a good idea he at all. Gets, he, oh, because he's she's like, do you want her to come stand by me or do you want me to go get the bouncer? Mm-hmm. She's, she's like, I'll get you thrown out this party if I got to. I was like, girl, I've just got the bouncer. But, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. But they, they let him go about whatever he has going on. Yeah, so at this part of the party, though, I feel like it's less, less romantical. Yeah. And more, um, more like this is for the dudes to get out whatever they got to get out <laughs> of their system. Because first of all, Clifton's drunk ass is in there. And I don't know what he's doing. I want to say he was skanking, but I might be really wrong. Um like super wrong. So, uh, but he's doing a lot. He's basically gonna dance for black by himself. And I was like, is he drunk? Mm. And I was like, dang, maybe, maybe he's drunk. I don't know. Cause some of them were looking at him like, uh, what the fuck? <laughs> and then also like he, he looked at one dude, like, what do you want? <laughs> and somehow he got the microphone and I was like, oh no, I'll take that back. 
Mm. Somebody should take that back. <laughs> um, and then, like, literally, like, after this, it's, like, all the dudes are basically dancing to this one song, which I want to say um, is called... Uh, I, I think on Spotify it's called Kunta Kinte Dub. Um, but it's by the Revolutionaries. I think it's mostly named, known as Kunta Kinte. It's got a really good beat. Because this scene goes on for a really long time. <laughs> this is a really long scene of them dancing. I think Steve McQueen was just like, here, y'all have a ball. And we'll just record it. Yeah. Because um, it goes on for a long time. Every time you think the song is about to stop, um, you can see people getting mad or whatever. And then the, the DJ starts getting it, um, like, starts it back up again. And they're just having a, they're like, I was like, this looks like a mosh pit. I was like, I'm having a great fucking time watching this. I was like, I would like to be in the pit. Like I said last episode, I would like the rush of being in the pit. This is no longer the lovers, though. This is like, I like, <laughs> in any other situation, I was like, is somebody about to fight each other? But I feel like just everybody was just getting, getting their fucking energy out because you got people on the floor. You got people like running into each other a little bit and yelling. I don't know what the DJ, is it Mercury Sound? That's the DJ's like kind of crew. And, um, thing? I want to say, because he said, he said it a bunch of times. I think so. I think, let me look at my notes. I'm pretty sure I wrote Mercury Sound in this bitch. <laughs> he, was, he was on the mic. Yes, it was Mercury Sound. He was, uh, he was certain. He was like, no, you're going to hear this. This is, this is the crew. <laughs> um, but also this reminded me so much of like how, how Jamaican music is so influential in the UK because there are so many genres that would not exist had there not been like immigrants from Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Because like ska and like two tone and dubstep and all that is so influential. It's influenced like punk, it's influenced new wave, you know, a lot of like clothes, like I think like mod clothes and things like that. And um Rude Boy um, mm-hmm. that whole like sub, um, I guess subculture, all those like clothes and that fashion, that's all has such a huge impact. And I know <laughs> some people would be damned to give any sort of recognition, but when it comes down to it, um, the flavor, the flavor that the UK has is like mostly due to the West Indian population mm-hmm. and they don't get any credit for it. If they do get credits, like, kind of off the side, but it's like, do you think a bunch of white boys just made this shit up? <clears throat> I mean, um. if you trace back anything in history, do you think a bunch of white boys made that shit up? Apparently, they do. Um, oh, okay, okay. Like, <laughs> child... It's funny. It's it's really funny. It's funny, right? It's fun. Like, it's funny. Head clothes too, like like all those dress, like how people dress, and all a lot of those influential like things. It's all just down to a bunch of immigrants 
bringing their clothes and their fashion and their flair and their style. Um, and because it's Black History Month, even though I would say this any other month, any other day, um, everything you got from us, <laughs> everything you got, you got from us. Clothes, fashion, style, slang. Definitely, definitely the slang. Def- I mean, y'all aren't doing it right. <laughs> I remember Macklemore said I'm at the turn up function and I said, Oh Jesus, no. <laughs> at the turn up function. Ooh. You must say, ooh child. That's the ongoing thing right now. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something right now. Not Brittany, but everybody who is not black that might be listening to this. We have been saying child as in child. For decades. Centuries. I'm sorry that the internet has made it so it looks startlingly similar, actually the exact same to a country. But we have been saying child forever. Wu child forever. <laughs> That's something our great our, our mothers and our grandmothers and our great grandmas have passed down to us. So you think any of our black asses are going to stop saying it, you've got another fucking thing coming. Yeah, child. <laughs> I just had to get that out there because it's just really, really... It's just funny because now people are starting to police like how people talk on the internet. And it's like, I'm sorry, you're not going to police black people for how they talk on the internet. <sighs> not when it was some shit that we made up ourselves. Like, what? Oh, goodness. And people come down here with all cats. How dare you, bitch? Yes, how dare I? Fuck out of here. <laughs> you wouldn't even have known that's what was being said because the internet has made it so people actually spell out things that normally just would have been said in everyday conversation. Yeah. Especially since some people said, girl, some people thought it was spelled like chaw. Like what? C-H-A-W. Oh, okay. I mean, hey. No, this, no. <laughs> I mean, hey, you know what? Hey. <laughs> you you know me. Right. I am literally that webby cartoon. So. <laughs> Charlotte McGay. <laughs> if that's the way people choose to spell it, that's, that's what it's going to be for them. No, that was white people. That's how white people oh, thought it was spelled. Then girl, what the not fuck? Not us. Oh. <laughs> you, not us. The fuck? I mean. Well, somebody also decided that it was Stan culture. That's what Stan culture is. I mean. My grandmother and my grandparents have never been in Stan culture. See, Pete. Okay, I don't even want to get on this. My aunties my aunties are not in Stan culture. Like, See, people mistake Stan culture for Negro culture a lot because... Because Negro culture is very, <laughs> it was very outspoken. A lot of your faves. And we fa- come up like, with anything. And also your faves don't know how to function without some Negroes in the room. Yeah. Like, because <laughs> I think about pe- the, the artists with large followings. Like, you got your Janet Jacksons, you got your Mariah Carey's, you got your Beyonce's. Right? Mm-hmm. They're, to me, when I think of like Stan culture, like those are artists I think of. And I know you got your Gaga's, you got your Dua Lipa's, 
do a repost or whatever Girl, be, somebody, be going somebody on over there. Her Dora the pandemic ignorer Ooh. because she keeps traveling. I don't know nothing about Dulipa, but I thought that was funny. Because <laughs> apparently she has not been staying her ass at home Ooh. at all. Damn. <laughs> but, oh shit. <laughs> but like, <laughs> with this, with modern stand culture, like, um, you got artists that might have a large following of black people and that communicate amongst each other using slang and then non-colored people be trying to get in on what they're talking about and can't relate and don't know how to use that outside of that and it just be fucked up and you need to stop but anyway it's it's just like by felicia and all that stuff and the problem is really is just like you got people who are trying to insert themselves and be cool and they don't really understand any of what's happening but they want to kind of be involved which i get but then you like they're taking it upon themselves to like make these definitions but also like i'm sorry as like a black people i don't really believe in explaining things to non-black people anymore like i'm just not wasting the fucking time for any reason to explain to you about slang and stuff it's not no <laughs> i'm not doing it it's a waste of time um but then you have people just making up their own definitions and urban dictionarying that shit and this is when you get people who have been saying things and don't know what they're saying <laughs> and don't have any of the historical context behind it and this is when you be like credit people and they're like i don't know i don't even know what you're talking about and i'm like Please. Mm-hmm. Please. So when I see stuff like this in the party, and I'm just like, of course, this is this is all making so much sense. <laughs> Everything is making so much sense to me. <laughs> and I think by this time, if it's the late 70s, early 80s, like Brittany said, punk is already a thing. Um, ska is already a thing. So uh but I just want people to know that those genres, so many of the genres, basically stem from from reggae and from West Indian culture and from Jamaican culture. Um, and just, you know, just know that you sometimes, you know, you might be hating, but where would you be without us? <laughs> where would you be without the Negroes, bro? Where would you be, Gwen Stefani? <laughs> Oh, Gwen! <laughs> Gwyneth! Gwendolyn! Gwendolyn Renee! <laughs> I'm just... Oh. <coughs> oh where, where would one no doubt be? But anyway. She wouldn't be here without the madness. Who wouldn't be here without... Scott. She definitely... <laughs> like, she would not be... She would be at the house with that potato face man... And they would be living in the suburbs, just regular style. Child. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I just would encourage people to like trace back like your favorite genres and see if it don't lead back to a black person. It, it, it's impossible. I'm going to tell you right now, it probably does. 
It's impossible not unless, to lead back to a black person. Like, it's impossible. Unless it's something like something from, um, like, East Asia or something like, like, traditional folk music or something like that. That's, like, maybe one thing. But then, like, you're talking about rock music. Girl, I'm sorry. <laughs> If you're talking about pop music, girl, I'm sorry. And if you're talking about country music, girl, I am sorry. <laughs> I know your faces are probably cracked. <laughs> I know your faces are cracked. Um, but yeah, I just, I love this scene. For any other movie, I think I would be like, damn, this is long. But the music was so good. Everybody, The energy was so like hype. And I was like, oh man, um, oh, please let me out this house. <laughs> Please, for the love of God, let me out this house. Yes, that's why I wanted you to watch it. <laughs> oh, I, I, I just wanted way. you to experience this. I wanted you to experience this party. Thank you, too, because I honestly, this was like on like the bottom of my list because I had heard about this series, but I didn't really take into account. Like, I heard about Lover's Rock and I heard about Small Axe, but I hadn't really put it like as like a priority um when it came out to like I just watched it I think the first time like last week so it was good I mean this is the end but I just want to say that I was like ah what was I missing also Amazon's entire UX is bad it's terrible <laughs> their UX and UI is awful I don't know who keeps doing that but y'all gotta I don't know maybe now that um a live girl is gonna go step down to avoid prosecution or some shit like <laughs> maybe somebody will t you know take over and make things look a little better because i feel like if you're not looking for small acts you might not find it no i mean you'll find it now because it's black history month black but history. <laughs> <laughs> any other time maybe not spotlight on black voices yes <laughs> stories for negroes like oh, on every streaming service <laughs> It's very, uh, it's not, well, it's upsetting when you look at the things because they're always something bad in them. It's, okay, well, it's better than like, okay, I got to just share this. Feel free to edit it out. But bruh, on HBO Max under their like Valentine's Day um, selections, they have like, um, like straight from the heart, like if you love rom-coms, you watch this and it has like Crazy Rich Asians, you know, The Notebook, you know, stuff like that. And then it's like bad mm -hmm. romance. We have fucking Invisible Man 2020. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, I don't want to watch. romantic. Like, even. There's nothing <laughs> romantic about it. I thought you were going to say Promising Young Woman and I was like, please no. <laughs> no, it's like, uh, okay, I understand bad romance, right? Like, I understand, it's, like, a romance like, going sour. But what makes but you think like something else. I would want to watch Invisible Man 2020 under any circumstance under, like, oh, a Valentine's, Valentine's Day, Day curated collection? Like, what makes you right. think that HBO Max? Right. Like, I lost, <laughs> I lost it the other day when I was looking for, like, my cute little movies. Like, I want to romance the stone or whatever. I want Jula Banal, <laughs> you know. I want Kathleen Turner, Michael Douglas. To, you know, I want that. But, like, I saw that and yeah. I was like, no. No, 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 no. That's like when Netflix put um, Blue Valentine under, 
binge for Valentine's Day or something like Shit, that. Shit, Blue Valentine like, might even be on there too. I was like, you want me somebody to step in front of a car? <laughs> This shit is heavy. And that's so funny because we were actually talking about doing Blue Valentine at one point. And I was like, let's just, let's just, let's have a good February. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's just, let's keep let's it cute. Good, yeah, let's have a good, healthy, loving February. <laughs> Not to say that Blue Valentine ain't good, but that's like a one and done <laughs> type of movie. I don't need to watch that again. I don't need to feel the depths. <laughs> Of that a movie, I thought you were gonna put something like, um, what's that movie when Idris Elba was like tossing girls off a roof or something like that? That Tyler Perry movie was that what? Or was that Michael Ely? Was it Michael Ely? Light skins is crazy. Was it was it for color girls? One of those <sighs> movies somebody is not. Michael good. Ely is throwing people out went like throwing babies out of windows and for color girls um yes he is also like, like you're- a stalker in that one light skins is crazy what's that name oh um um oh oh i love um, those though um what's the name of that movie where he's stalking um sonal lathan and he hiding under oh. a bed and he using her toothbrush Oh, wait, what? He, like, he <laughs> what? broke into her apartment and was, was like, that... mm, I missed you. And he put a toothbrush oh, in his mouth. Guy. Yes. He used her toothbrush? He used yeah. toothbrush? Yes. He put her toothbrush in that's his the mouth. One with, oh, um, that's the one with um, with Morris Chestnut. Yeah, he ran him off the road. And he put, <laughs> <laughs> he put her toothbrush in his mouth, bruh. <laughs> There's another movie like this, though, that I have seen that is, like, this exact same thing, but me and my, um... And now he's in another... my aunt watched it. It might have been this, actually, but I don't remember the toothbrush thing at all. Yes, he put her toothbrush in his mouth after he broke into her apartment. And I was like... You know what? We need to do... We need to do one of these because I don't know why, but, like, black films love this genre. Because Nia Long is in one of these. Yes! That's the other one. And Omar, yeah. um, Omar Epps. Is it Omar Epps? Omar yeah. Epps. Is yeah, it's now. Omar Epps. And yeah, I don't remember what it's called, but. It's um, called, it's not Obsessed. It's something else. But I watched that one too. Ooh, obs- <laughs> ah, if we ever did Obsessed. I'm, I'm legally not allowed to do that one. <laughs> you legally are not allowed. <laughs> oh, is it Fatal Affair? It's Fatal yeah, Affair. Fatal Affair. That one's not you as wild what? as the other ones mentioned. It's kind of yeah tame. It's kind of it's kind of dry. The perfect guy is ridiculous because I feel like he he murks more chestnut at one point. It's a lot happening. It's a lot happening. His oh, scary blue eyes. And then out. <laughs> me and my mama watched that, and then my mama met him, and she was just like, Ugh. <laughs> "Yeah, you're uncomfortable now." Yeah. I, I, I agree with <laughs> her. Well, I was like, I, I bet she was probably thinking about like putting toothbrush in his mouth. But anyway. <laughs> well, this is a this is a nice, lovely. Yeah. This is not a stalker film. This is a nice, lovely film. Um, but after that little whole like scene, I guess because like during that whole part, because I think too wasn't like um, wasn't Bammy making like. Like he was looking at Martha and Franklin across the room, like he was gonna run up or whatever. Yeah, he, he was, was just mugging glances. 
Yeah, mugging is the the right word here. <laughs> um, and they end up leaving. Um, uh-huh. But this whole dance scene happens, and um, and then you see Martha and Franklin are riding his bike, but you don't see the bike. I love this part. They're just kind of like they're kind of off the screen a little bit. Like the bike is kind of you hear the bike, but you don't you know see it. And so they look like they're just kind of flying by. It's shot like ET. <laughs> Not E.T. <laughs> That's what I thought of. But it's ro- it's like romantic E.T. <laughs> well, she's supposed to be E.T.? And he's Elliot? Yeah, like... <laughs> <sighs> Don't y'all love our observational and analyzation? Like, our observational skills. And that's what it reminded me of. But, like... Because the way... <laughs> It's like it is sweet though. It's ET but cute. Like if ET, I know if ET wasn't so. If ET wasn't like first time. I watched ET for the first time last year, and um, something is wrong with that movie. (laughs) You ain't like when ET was like slizzard on them beers. They let that alien get drunk, and he was like. "Mm." (laughs) I was like, and then then he. Girl, the alien died. <laughs> I was like, this shit is psychotic. And my mom was like, imagine being a child in the 80s watching this and, and being in theater crying. And I was like, hell no. This is psychotic. This is demonic. Steven Spielberg, what's wrong with you? <laughs> he was like, Elliot. <laughs> and I was like, y'all like this? Y'all like this? This is a classic? Yes, he ate his little candies. He showed up in his wig, dressed like me, with his little hat, and he was drunk. <laughs> Didn't he have like a little flower in his hair and uh-huh. all that stuff too? And a little look like uh, he looked like Big Edie and Little Edie. Mm, he was cute. <laughs> well, Martha is very is a lot cuter than Et. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, and so they're riding in like they're smoking like on I guess like on her cigarette or something. Um, and laughing and giggling, and I'm like, oh, this is it's so dawn by now. So cute, yeah. And they end up going to, um, I guess he works at a garage, and so, um, they go there. I don't know, cause he she he didn't bring her to his house or anything, which is what I thought they were gonna do. Um, but he. Brings her to this, like, garage, and I guess he's kind of acting like he's king of the castle. And then he also um, starts playing music from one of the cars. It's just, like, I think a nice car. I can't remember. Um, and then who shows up but his boss, his little white boss, comes and blows the spot up. Mm-hmm. And the first thing he said, remember the first thing he said? Did you catch what he said? Mm-hmm. The boss? He said, oh, it was dark in here. I didn't see you. Ah! And I was like, the fucking light was on. (laughs) Bitch, the light was on. The light was. Mm. Mm -hmm. So he's like, oh, he tries to be all friendly or whatever. He's racist. And then he came over and he was like, you can't be bringing girls in 
here. I don't know who you think you are, but don't bring no girls in here. This isn't the place or whatever. Um, and so he basically kind of like low key kicks him out and kind of embarrasses Franklin at the same time. Cause he's like, Oh, he needs his car fixed by tomorrow or whatever. Um, even though it's like Sunday, so I don't know. Um, and then they go to the bus stop and they're making out. I was like, you don't miss your bus, child. Yeah, but she makes her bus. She was like, I got to get in. I got to get in this little, I didn't get to do any of this in the garage. Well, they started making out in the garage. That's what it was. And he came in blowing up the spot. Hmm. So, I mean, I understand, like, you know, not having people in the workplace, but not, I didn't see you, <laughs> like, go to hell. <laughs> yes. <laughs> go to hell. Um, and I think she, he doesn't have a phone, is that what he says? Is that what he said? It's not about his phone or his, at his house. Because she said she was going to call the telephone box at 5 o'clock. Exactly. And he, like, makes her promise. I forget at this point. Yeah, cause I was very, I was a little confused about, the, like, I was like, why are you t- calling a telephone box? But um, I guess she gets the number down. And she's like, I'm going to call. I promise you. Um, and then she rides the bus home. And we figure out that it's Sunday because some dude came up there with his giant, got off the bus with his gigantic cross. Um. She do. She sneaks back home, gets into bed. Right in time for her mama to be like, church, <laughs> it's time for church. And I was like, oh, God, those days. I never snuck out because my mom is quite young and she is not dumb. <laughs> and she used to sneak out. <laughs> and so I was like, no. I'm not going to get in trouble. So I never snuck out of my house. I don't know if you ever did that. Uh, no. I wish I had. I would be like, I didn't really want to go too many places, but when I did, I'd be like, hey, can I go to this place? And I'll be back at this time. And they would be like, all right. And I'd be like, all right, bye. Yeah, my mom was always like, no. And I think I I did something really dumb in high school. My mom was like, you're grounded for like a month. And so I wasn't allowed to go anywhere. And then every time I did want to go somewhere, she was like, side eye. <laughs> like once I was off punishment, she was like, hmm. So I was like, you know what? Um, Yeah, we're just going to uh, be chilling at the house. It's okay. I got AOL. <laughs> like, <laughs> I had AIM. I had, you know, instant messenger. So that's what I can stand content with. <laughs> but she manages to get in without being caught. So, a, you know, amen, claps to her. Yeah. And that's where it ends. And I was like, oh, my God, they had to make more. Yeah. Like, I would watch a million movies just like this. Like. Oh, my God. I would watch. I was sitting there. I was like, like, in my second review today on Letterboxd, I was like, I actually would like to know way more about all these characters. Um, and like what they did and like what's all with, up with all the family drama and does she call Franklin? I'm assuming she does. Um, but I was like, what happens next? And then the credits. Yeah. It's, it's so good. Ugh. You did your shit here, Steve Queen. Yes. So I definitely, ugh. 
like I would not be opposed if there was some exploration um of the rest of these characters and like Martha and all and what happened to Patty <laughs> we never see Patty again so I mean at least let me know what happened to Patty I'm assuming she was okay yeah I I hope Patty did <laughs> I'm assuming she was I'm assuming she was she wasn't gonna let no skinny white boy talk to her crazy so yeah. but that's how it ends it's such a sweet movie. Yeah. It makes you feel like love is real. Yeah. So, <laughs> would you recommend this film? Yeah, I would. This is a pretty easy, quick watch. Like Brittany said, I think it's an hour and 10 minutes. Um, it's pretty like light on like overall plot, but it's nice and, you know... It's a very, like, atmospheric type of movie, I feel like. Like, you feel like you're at the party. I've never, like, wanted to go to a party so fucking badly. And I haven't been to a house party in I don't know how long. But, um, like, pre-pandemic, I was like, no, I'll be at the house. But, like, this is just, like, a really nice, um, like, warms you up, I feel like. Um... And obviously, like, I'm not West Indian, so I feel like people who are West Indian might take this um, and feel, like, a little bit more sentimental about it than I did. But um, I still feel like this is, like, a really good movie to watch um, just as a black person. Want to see some people in love. (laughs) Um, Especially when people keep bringing up the, I don't see any black movies with drama, movie kind of thing. Like, I mean, there was an attempted assault during this movie um and there's some shit that's brought up family secrets and things but like if you're you know don't want to watch a movie from 1995 or whatever is the new complaint um this is a good movie to watch and i would suggest that you check it out it's in there right on amazon i'm sorry i have to give money to that man um but this is a good film and i would encourage more people to watch it it's very sweet. Mm-hmm. And Brittany obviously likes it. Yeah, naturally. I would recommend yeah. it because I recommended it to Ashley. I picked it <laughs> as one of the episodes we're doing this month. I watched it when it first aired back in the fall. And it was a party I wanted to go to so badly, not just because I was in the house, but just because I wanted to be there. I wanted to smell the food. I wanted to eat the food. I wanted to dance. I wanted to be hugged up on. I wanted to be hugged up under. I just wanted to be, <laughs> I wanted to be there with all those beautiful black people. And Oh my God, everybody's so beautiful. Everybody is so good looking. Also, we didn't talk about how Franklin and Martha are both dark-skinned people. Um, or at least, I don't know if you would call Martha dark-skinned, but you wouldn't call her light-skinned. Um, so this is a, a, a not a light-skinned, dark-skinned love story. Um, unlike some other movies <laughs> that we can talk about. And, like, we talk about these I'm things sorry. because they they matter. They matter in terms of... Oh. I've watched Malcolm and Marie, and it was not good. So... <laughs> But that's an ongoing conversation of like casting light skin actresses and dark skin actors for whatever reason that they keep doing it. Um, Colorism. But uh, yeah, these are um, 
two beautiful actors. They had good chemistry. Um, and they're just, you know, it's just nice to see. It's it's just lovely. It's a lovely experience. The music slaps. It's just great. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I recommend it. Like, y'all better do what you can to watch it. Yeah, please don't go around saying this shit don't exist and it does and it's sitting right there and you didn't watch it. Yeah, like do what you can That's so to watch it. To me. Steve McQueen <laughs> makes good movies. Um, he does not make movies like this, though. I would like to see him make more things like this. I thought this is very different from what he usually does. Mm-hmm. This is not a shame. This is not a hunger. This is not a, even a widow's. So, like, <laughs> or, or twelve years a slave. Yeah, this is not a twelve years a slave. So, like, if we, I don't want to say if we watch this, it might lead to more films like this from him. But, uh, yeah, Steve McQueen does what he wants. Yeah, he wants to. So, um, I won't be holding him to nothing. I'm just like, okay, Steve has another movie out because <laughs> he does not. Mm-hmm. He does. He does not like seem like the type of person who just like be putting up with bullshit. I love when they ask him stupid ass questions too, because he's always like, "What the fuck? Why are you? Why would? Why would I? Why would I?" Yeah. <laughs> when they asked him if he makes movies for white people, he's like, "Oh, why? Why? What? Why should I?" I just would like to see more contemporary movies from him. Um, like yeah. Well, Widows was his last one i know shame is contemporary but shame is different (laughs) very different oh my god no oh my god oh my god and i i like shame but that movie kind of is weird like i didn't like it that much at all i was actually really bored by it considering how much everybody talked about it so like um i was actually let down by it but yeah he he makes some pretty thematically heavy movies um, and this is more of like a lighter, like it's not without its like issues. Like there's definitely mm-hmm. issues. You got, you got racist white boys outside. You got rapists on the inside. <laughs> so it's like, you know, there's a, a lot to have to deal with, um, as a young black woman. Yeah. Um, in any time period. But, um, yeah, if he, if he decides to do something like this, um, I wouldn't be opposed to it. Yeah. Because usually when you're watching a Steve McQueen movie, you're like, oh shit, something's about to happen. Yeah, something's finna happen. about to go down. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot happening. Um, So yeah, and then I would like to ask about your, not well, what do you recommend along with this, if you do recommend anything? So, I'm just going to, nothing is quite like this, like from what I've watched so far. Nothing is quite like this. So I'm going to recommend a romance that kind of surprised me. Okay. Um, And that is Sylvie's Love, which is also on Amazon. I want to ask if you you watched that because I was going to suggest that, but I was like, Brittany's never going to go for that because of who's starring in it. Mm -hmm. But I watched it earlier today. I need to finish it. Mm-hmm. but like by finish it I mean like watch the last five minutes of it but I really like it and it has yeah. some of my faves in there my fave being Aja Naomi King love her so oh I wish she was honestly I wish she was starring in it yes give her more roles somebody 
she's a good actress. Um, she's so like I just like want to like look at her. Like it's her and Tessa Thompson, and Tessa Thompson is obviously the like the um, main like protagonist or whatever. But I was like, Aja, <laughs> like looking around Tessa <laughs> to be like, put her in more things. Like I don't, I'm tired. I, I don't want to watch Hano get away with murder <laughs> to, to see her. I think she's great. I want her and like Tiana Paris to play sisters. Ooh. That'd be so cute. Ooh, that, mm. Yeah. I still need to watch Wanda Vision. Wanda in the internet. Mm-hmm. Wanda. Because <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> Wanda in the dial up. <laughs> Wanda in the Wi Fi. <laughs> I hate that you call him the internet. That's all I can think That's about. That's what now. he is. He is literally the internet. That is He's all literally he is. They put internet in a body, and that's what vision is. Duh. The uh, end. Oh, uh, internet. Just oh, uh, internet. Uh, internet. They popped the internet in a person. And not even a person. They just popped it in a, a real doll, and that's what it is. <laughs> and what if Tony starts real doll? <laughs> the last thing I remember from, from Age of Ultron was... <laughs> It's just vision. I they made that whole movie just to make vision. Hmm. That's like v- Vision's origin story. Mm-hmm. What them popping the internet in the real dog? Yeah, uh-huh. that's the whole fucking. That's the whole. I don't remember shit else from that movie. <laughs> I really don't even think I saw that. Oh my god, I saw it. That's the one where he decides to make the robots the police of the world, and I was like, "Is this not fascism? Can we?" And then everybody was like, Tony, you can't do that. Tony, don't do that. And he was like, why not? And Tony's like, I'm rich, niggas. I don't give a fuck. And I was like, this is giving Elon Musk. And then Captain was like, what about everybody's human rights? And And Tony was like, fuck that. We are sold. What do you say? We're not soldiers or something. And I was like, this is too much. I don't care. (laughs) Everybody's rights to privacy, Tony. Creepy ass fucking robot. And I said, okay. Oh shit! Um, <laughs> Terrible. But Sylvie's love. Sylvie's love. Sylvie's love. <laughs> Sylvie love. I thought it was cute. I also, I did not know that was Carrie Washington's husband. I did not know that either. But good for her. And, good for her. Well, like, well, because they kept saying he's a football player. She's like, she's married to a football player, and I was like, okay, I'm thinking someone who's like built like Marshawn Lynch. You, you're thinking about the hut hut, not the pump pump. Yeah, I'm thinking of like a linebacker. Like some, I was like, she's got somebody who just be body slamming her at the house. Like I'm thinking something like that, and I was like, oh, go, go ahead, girl, because she was pregnant early, and I was like, you know what, do that, girl, do it. And then I saw him. Everybody's like, this is Carrie's husband, and I was like, excuse me. No, she is the football player. She was getting bent like Beckham. Um, because- <laughs> <laughs> Carrie, shout out to you, girl. Shout out Please. to you. <laughs> Edit that out. Um, I didn't say a no, lot of stuff on this it. episode. No. I regret. No, we're just feeling the love. It's February. We're feeling the love. We've been inside too long. Um, yeah, I think what is it? It's it's I don't know Naomi King, Tessa Thompson. Um, who else is in this movie? Carrie Washington husband. What is his name? Because I don't want to call him Carrie Washington. Nemandi Asamuga. Mm-hmm. Um, Mr. Kerry Washington. Other people. Oh, <laughs> Mr. Kerry Washington. Wait, he played football. Yes, that's what I'm saying. That's that's the football player. That's him. I, oh. 
Yes, that's what I'm saying. I was like, this is not this is not what I pictured. I didn't picture that either. This is something else completely different. Also, Reggae Jean Page is in it. And I love him. So I watched that horrible TV series for him. So it's very cute. It's got jazz in it. It do. It has. Um, isn't Eva Longoria in there for a minute? Eva Longoria is in it, and I couldn't stop thinking about when she was talking about, oh, that's cute that you Negroes signed up all these people for Georgia runoff, but it was us <laughs> that really made something happen, and I was like, are you, are you kidding? This is why I don't like the internet nowadays. I can't watch anything without thinking of stupid things that people have said, and it's becoming harder and harder to divorce the things that you have said versus the characters that you're playing. And so I feel like I just need an internet break. Wait, Bridgerton in this. That is Bridgerton. Yeah, mm. That is Bridgerton. That is naked ass Bridgerton. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, he was, he was very naked. So amen. Okay. Bridgerton yeah, that's him. in this. He plays, okay. he plays a drummer. I want to say, I want to say he plays a drummer. Cause I saw him and I was like, Excuse me, I remember your face. And then that's when I was like, do I need to watch Bridgerton? And how many, is he in every episode of Bridgerton? He is, so. Mm, so Bridgerton. Yeah. Yeah, Bridgerton's in it. Um, did you know he was in a punk band, Brittany? And he skateboards. Oh, okay, you better do that, Mr. Bridgerton. I told Libby, and Libby was like, girl, it's time to shoot your shot. <laughs> She's like, you done found your unicorn. I was like, we need to be together. This is like at eight in the morning on Instagram. (laughs) We need to be together. I won't rest. But yeah, Sylvie's Love is really cute. Some people didn't like it because it was like, quote unquote, melodramatic. But then people are always asking about shit like this. Like, can we have some movies that aren't, um, like this is set during the 60s. So you would think it'd have a lot to do with the civil rights movement or whatever. It hardly, I don't even think they touch it really. Like, no. it's just about this girl kind of growing up and and um, falling in love with somebody while she's also supposed to get married. Mm-hmm. And doing a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. She ain't like, oh, okay. technically supposed okay. to be doing according to society, but she do it anyway, and that's why I like it. I was like, what? I was like we doing this? We doing this? Girl? I was like, Sylvie, girl, okay. Mm-hmm. You better do that, I like, girl. I'm like, get it. Um, and that's also because I think it starts in the like late fifties and it ends like in the early sixties. So like, usually you would say, "Oh, I know what's going to happen in this shit," but like it, I mean, some people might be upset by that because they don't acknowledge, I guess, the beginning of the civil rights movement, even though there's like some some acknowledgement of like the racist shit her her husband's boss's wife says to her or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, but yeah, I thought it was cute. Um, you know, everybody's asking for something a little different. This is a little different. It's fun. It's cute. Black people. I, I love it. It's beautiful. Black people. And I forgot who plays her husband. Um, oh man. Um. No, oh, what is his name? I can't remember her. Uh, is it Alana Miller? Is that what his name is? No, I don't think that's him. I seen him. Lance, uh, Lance Riddick is in this movie. That's, I think that's her dad, isn't it? Uh, uh-uh. That, that's not her dad? I don't think so. No, I, I think that is. What? That's the guy who gives him the, rec- or gives him the records. That's her dad, isn't it? Um, 
Maybe. I'm pretty sure that's her dad. And I was like, that man shows up in everything. So yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, it's really it's a really cute little thing. I liked it. So we recommend Sylvie's Love. Okay, I have a recommendation. Strangely enough, uh-huh. um, that um, it's not the whole well. Oh, parts of this movie reminded me of this other movie that I have not watched in a long time. That used to be a fave. Which is City of God. Have you seen City of God? No. Oh my God, Brittany. Um, so City of God is a Brazilian movie. Um, a lot of people will mention it um, for like really good movies or like kind of, especially for, I guess, like movies that are not in English. Um, which basically, it's set in the same time period. It's set from, I feel like the late 60s to the early 80s. Um... But some of the the party scenes, like the dance scenes, reminded me of the party scenes in City of God because in Brazil they'll have these gigantic fucking parties where they're kind of outside. Somebody brings like the sound system and it's just like a giant sort of thing. And there's, um, you know, it's a very big space and like these are pretty much like weekly parties and stuff like that. But the overall story is... Um, Kind of the story of like two different groups of friends uh, where it starts off originally where like there's these three kind of uh, low grade gangsters that like hold up water trucks and shit like that. Uh, And uh, there's like a kind of a legend that's passed down and the next generation or like they're one of the gangsters like younger brothers like he ends up being a photographer and this other kid ends up being like a gangster. Like they they kind of cross paths a little bit, and so you kind of see where their lives go. So it's not like romantical necessarily, but I just was like some of the scenes reminded me of the same sort of thing. Actually, you know what it is? Kung fu fighting. Also in this, <laughs> it's also in that book. Kung fu fighting brought you it's together. It's actually a pivotal part of the movie. It's uh, like super pivotal. I would be careful because some there's like flashing lights in that scene if you watch this movie. Um, but it's really good. Um, I haven't watched it in a really long time. I feel like I decided it was for locals, but it's like one of the best movies I've ever watched. And I used to watch it all the time when I was in college. And I was lucky that my um, my um, college actually had the TV series because they ended up making a spinoff TV series that was set like in the present day, which is at the time, was probably like 2006, 2007. Um, and that was really interesting just to like to see black life in Brazil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because most of the characters are black, beautiful black people. Um, and so, yeah, it's very, it's a very good movie. I always recommend it to people. Um, it also has <laughs> a scene of sexual assault. So um, not as, I just, you don't see anything kind of hear stuff but um but yeah it's it's one of my favorite movies and they just kind of had the same flavor to me a little bit um maybe not extended party scenes it's definitely more gangster-esque but I love that movie I should watch it I have it on dvd and I haven't cracked open that dvd in a really long time Mm. yeah very very good movie okay yeah. So now let's talk about Malcolm and Marie. <laughs> okay. No, I'm just kidding. We're not. <laughs> uh, I'm like, oh. 
<laughs> no, I've done enough talking about that movie. I haven't done enough talking. I've done enough reading about that movie to be like, it's over. That's enough. It's quite okay. enough. I mean, really briefly, if you made it this far into the episode, my thoughts on Malcolm and Marie is, okay, um, I watched most of it. I watched an hour into it, and then I found out it was an hour left, and I said, girl, it's your birthday weekend. Let's just turn it off. You love yourself. And then after like watching it, it's like, sir, I feel like as a writer, director, songstress, whoever you are, you should be able to take criticism. And if you are like, if you're not able to take criticism, and if you compare your work to the work of other creators in such a way that you put it so directly into your next work, then maybe you need to take a step back and just evaluate how you do things. And also you shouldn't use people of color to express thoughts and ideas in this medium like this. Cause it, it's very weird. Like, it's, it's weird. And I made it five minutes into the film and saw it was like this. And I was like, oh, no. Like, this is weird. Um, because you're taking your grievances out on critics like this. And you're not even, like, you're not blurring the lines and making it, like, you're not fictionalizing anything in terms of, like, your grievances on critics by making up a fictional publication like you're directly addressing it and the only thing you're fictionalizing is making your protagonist a black person and also it's just boring like the film overall is just long and tedious so this needs to be the last (laughs) dialogue heavy movie that i watch this has got to be the third between ma uh ma rainey's black bottom one night in miami which i did like and then this, I was like, no more, no more. I'm not doing another one for like at least a year. And I like, I love, I live for relationship drama movies. I love, like, if somebody arguing your relationship is deteriorating, sign me up. But I am from <laughs> the DeVito school of relationship drama. Like, if y'all find, finna fight on a chandelier, I'm finna watch it. Like the week yeah. before, I just watched War of the Roses and I was like, hell yeah, hell yeah, I want to see somebody crush a car with a monster truck. Let me watch that. But like, this <laughs> okay. wasn't that. Like, this isn't enjoyable. It's just a lot of people yelling and yelling isn't acting. Like, you are yelling, you're not conveying emotion or like, it's just, it's just not good. So that's my thought. I'm done. Yeah. I, I watched the whole thing. Um, which I didn't watch the trailer. The only thing I knew about it was like Zendaya and um, John David Washington. Who I lit- I'm sorry. I literally just figured out that this man existed like last year, which apparently he was in Black Klansman. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. He, was, know that was he was a black man. He was a black man. He was a black man. I didn't know that was him because he looks completely different to me on the cover. And so I was looking at the cover of the day and I was like, that's so that's him that's so weird and so i didn't know that was him and then i didn't even know he was denzel's son because i didn't know i knew denzel had children like i figured he had children but i didn't know like he had children that were actors and old enough to be <laughs> both old enough and also actors like it was very weird and so i was finding out this all at like at once last year and i was like this is too much information for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> and so when this trailer dropped, people were excited. I think people were really excited for Zendaya. 
um, because she is, you know, I would say a former child actress, former teen actress, um, known for doing Disney projects, and now she's doing a lot more serious stuff, or at least a lot more graphic things, I guess, I don't know. Not her, but she's involved with projects, I guess, that are more graphic. I'm referring to Euphoria. And so, um, you know, people are excited for her. I feel like this trailer dropped not either, was it before she got the Emmy? Maybe it was before, maybe it was after she got nominated for the Emmy. Uh, um, I can't remember. I just remember seeing everybody being like the first thing everybody has been getting on was the age difference between the two of them, which I I'm gonna admittedly be like I don't usually too much care unless it's just like super ridiculous. <laughs> and also she's got a young ass face, so. <laughs> Um, I just be like, okay, I'll see it when it does whatever it does or whatever the fuck, especially since now, you know, it's Black History Month, it's love month. And so like what I do with October and Halloween and horror movies and stuff, I will usually watch a bunch of romances, um, during this month. So I was like, okay, cool. I'll watch it or whatever. But like, I didn't watch the trailer or anything like that. And then the more I would read about it. The more I was just like, girl, what is happening? <laughs> because I don't know anything about Sam Levinson. Apparently, he's related to somebody famous. I don't even know who that is. His father is a director. His father's Barry Levinson. His father directed, like, Wag the Dog. Um, I think Wag the Dog. Somebody's so, a brain man, too, I think. Yeah. So he's not I, I, no one like he he he's a nepotism case. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm learning. I'm learning a lot about. Um, I'm learning a lot about Sam Levinson this weekend. Um, none of which I have learned willingly or have explored on my own, <laughs> and so. Um, and I'm looking at all these, I don't know any of these movies. That's the other thing too, because they, they listed him as a visionary director, which I feel like was in somebody's, uh, was in somebody's contract as a visionary in the trailer. Oh, like trailer. Yes. And the only other, for me, I saw assassination nation, right. Um, Mm -hmm. and you didn't like it. Hell no. I didn't like that shit. It, (laughs) he's, let me just say, this is only his third project he's directed. He's written a bunch of stuff. Um, and this is only his third movie that he's actually directed. So when he's painting himself as some sort of scrappy underdog or whatever the fuck, being torn apart by the LA Times, it's for three things, plus euphoria. It's so like, with Assassination Nation for me, like... I get its purpose. Like I got what it was trying to do, but it also wasn't clever enough in its execution to make it enjoyable. Like it wasn't clever enough in its execution to make it worth watching. Like it didn't execute its ideas well enough, which is also the case with Malcolm memory. So when you're upset at the critics, like you need to be able to, take some of that in and not just be upset and be able to yeah. make your work better, bro. Make your work yeah. better. I will be the first person to be like, most critics do not write really well. And most people on the internet only swing between this is awful and this is great. Nobody really kind of exercises 
any sort of really good explanation, especially Twitter. Twitter's not made for deep explanation on anything. Um, and so that's when you get, like, if you're looking strictly at Twitter, I'm sorry, you're going to be disappointed. No. But, um, but um, also a lot of critics, too. I feel like some of them get paid a lot. Mate. Well, not paid a lot, but I feel like they get a lot of attention for um, savagely, <laughs> savagely taking down things. Sometimes, but also, I mean, look at Pitchfork. Like, Pitchfork's known for that shit. And they get a lot of attention for it from people who do not realize that Pitchfork is, like, I don't know, like a 20-year-old thing that doesn't really have a lot of pull in the industry, but people still get pissy about it. So negative reviews are always going to be the thing that piss people off. Um, But, like, sir, there's so much more you could have done with this. There's so many things that were touched on in this movie that could have been explored. But for some reason, he made it into like, a, I'm mad about some lady at the LA Times who apparently stomped all over his feelings one day. And I read and the review. Like, I read the review of like the actual review that got him hot, apparently. And it's like, mm-hmm. I mean, she brought him some points. Yeah, I feel like if you really sat there, because there are some critics that are really good at like, um, at like making you feel like smarter. Like there's one critic I love, um, Angelica Jade Bastian. Yes. Every time I read her reviews, I just started like reading her reviews more consistently and being like, oh, she wrote about it. Let me read it. She's like so smart and she knows about the film world. Like it's not just this movie sucks because I hated it. This is why she's like, this sucks because of this, this, and this, this. And she outlines her points differently. And that's something like nobody wants to read a negative review or whatever. But like, honestly, some people like you don't have to read them. Number one, you could just go about your happy ass life, especially since apparently you're a part of like, um, you didn't have to fight your way into the industry. It was pretty much handed to you from what I can hear. Of where I'm getting. Um, and so the whole sort of, the whole thing was weird. I don't understand why he decided to focus all that. Like, write, a, write an op-ed. Like, it... Like, and it, Martin Scorsese didn't go make an anti-Marvel movie because he because of what he said about the whole thing. Like, he just, he wrote his little op-ed. He didn't need to, honestly. But I was like, you could have just done that. Why didn't you just take out an op-ed thing in the LA Times? It would have still been petty and ridiculous, but you didn't have to make this. Also, you made a pandemic movie and then bragged about not having hair and makeup and a script supervisor. And I was like, bitch, we can tell. It's, and it's unfortunate for Zendaya um, because she was very excited about this project because this is the first, like one of the first times that she gets to play an adult um, yeah. and not a teenager. And also this is the first time she gets to actively collaborate with someone like as a producer. Um, yeah, I was surprised that she was listed as a producer. I didn't realize she had her producers guild, um, membership. So, so like, this is like more of like a hands-on thing for her and she was very proud of it, but mm-hmm. she doesn't need to continue like it we're just yeah, two two podcasters like you need to collaborate no, with somebody no, else right. because no, we're right <laughs> at the she end of the day he's gonna sell your he's gonna sell your career like yes you want an emmy for 
euphoria because you are a good actress actress. and you can do that but I read like his interview with Esquire UK because I was like girl what's going on with you and he was talking (laughs) about like he wrote all this and he felt that if his collaborators meaning John David that's his name right yeah and Zendaya if they were uncomfortable with what was in the script, they would have come to him and said something about it. So like, but that's not always the case. Exactly. So like you might be, you don't know, but you might be putting them in a position where they may not feel comfortable or they may not be able to say something like that. And I was like, for me, I was like, as a viewer, I was like, uh, uh-uh, uh, you, sh- you shouldn't be writing this shit and then having black people say this shit. First of all, because this is not your place. Yeah. Especially you're like, crediting yourself as the director, the screenwriter, the blah, 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 the songstress. You know, you're doing everything behind the scenes. The producer, everything. <laughs> like, you're doing it all. You're wearing multiple hats on this project. So, at the end of the day, if everybody looks behind everything, you're the person responsible. And I'm also glad that they're, that people are... are letting like letting him have it for the most part um and not just being like oh this shit sucks or whatever like they're letting him have it because what like like you said like casting two black characters which i think he refers to them as poc even though in the movie he's he jokes about people calling black actresses and actors poc Mm -hmm. so i was really so you didn't really learn your lesson or whatever um and so and wait like let me see if i can find the articles because i also believe in the article i don't think it was like did they improvise any of the dialogue because i don't even think any of it was improvised because no i don't think you could improvise like he gave them so many fucking monologues i was like i feel like i'm watching a shondaland production and i was like i don't watch abc for a reason (laughs) Like, I stopped stopped watching ABC for a reason. So, like, I don't want to hear these long-ass monologues. Also, on that note, uh, John David Washington is not built for these monologues. He does not have the the breath control, the stamina. Not Most people don't because, like, the only other thing I can think of off the top of my head that would be related to this would be Fences. And I tuned most of that out. Like, all, like, even what Viola was saying, I was like, I... Y'all have been talking nonstop for like <laughs> without pause and without breath for like 10 minutes. And like I have tuned out and it's funny to say that on a podcast, but <laughs> in a movie, you're expecting some beats, you know, a little bit of breath, a little break, a little scene change, maybe. Um, but they're just talking and this is what that movie was. But that one, I don't know if you got to the part where he's reading the review in Malcolm Marie. Mm-hmm. he gets girl first of all he gets the review he doesn't say he marie is like oh who's like how'd you find the review he's like i don't know i just found it nobody finds a review on their movie on accident sam don't play you googled it because there's a whole big thing about he's mad about the paywall about um the la times paywall or whatever He's like, I just found it. And I was like, it's not on the front page of Google, girl. (laughs) You Googled it, dummy. (laughs) You're dumb. And so, um, 
But yeah, he has this whole thing. He goes like this long monologue, and that's where the whole thing about Barry Jenkins and how is it? What did he say? If Barry Jenkins, if Barry Jenkins is Barry Jenkins not being gay is what makes uh, Moonlight so universal. And I was like, what? 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 What does this mean? Where's this coming from? <laughs> and also, people are like, he's so jealous of Barry Jenkins. But I was sitting there, I was like, is he even considered a, a contemporary to Barry Jenkins? No. Did you put them in the same peer group? I was like, why is everybody even mentioning them in the same... Does he think he's a contemporary? Is it because they're making movies at the same time? Because I don't think that's enough. I don't consider a lot of people to be contemporaries to Barry Jenkins, but that's just me. I don't consider a lot of people to be on the same level at all. <laughs> I was like, I was like, that's, that's very odd. Everybody's kind of taking that. Cause they're like, he's jealous of Barry Jenkins. And I was like, that's funny. But also like, what? Like, what about Barry Jenkins work made you all shivery and shaky in your bones? Cause y'all don't make the same type of work. I, okay. Let me go it's, back. It's some, okay. Here. Just to clarify, cause I went back to the, Esquire article he did say like after they were shooting like 11 takes some improvisation seeped into there well them them words were long girl but them words were long like unnecessarily like I was like oh somebody I mean you know what this dialogue. This being dialogue. that it's shot in black I mean, and white and I have a uh, film degree <laughs> I'm just kidding <laughs> Everybody got a film degree. Brittany got a film degree. I got a film degree. <laughs> but I mean, I, it's just, it isn't what it think it is. If you enjoy it, it's fine. Um, yeah, lots of people enjoyed it from what I remember, I've seen, um, while acknowledging that it is deeply flawed. But it's not a film for me. What is just kind of aggra- I don't want to say aggravating or anything, but like it's just it's a weird like it's just to me it's weird and it's it is not just like and I'm not saying that directors don't take their frustrations with the industry out in their work. Yeah, they do. They, they do, do all, all the, the fucking time because they're pet. Like they do it, but I. That's what you do with art. You you use your art to express yourself, and if you have frustrations about something, then that's perfectly fine. This just seems like it was just like a vanity. Pro- this seems like he wanted to say all this stuff, and he couldn't figure out a good way to say it, so he had these two people say it for him. Yeah, and it and it didn't make any. I mean, it looks bad because most you motherfuckers don't think. <laughs> When you put black people and stuff, you need to think about how it's going to come across and look and all the implications involved. You just can't stick black people in place of white people and say, there you go. I don't know why everybody still thinks this way, but it's just not something that is due. Because the dialogue, oh my God. When he was saying that long speech about, oh, like, because the whole thing about Barry Jenkins, I was on a long list of like, well, I don't want to be considered this kind of actor because I'm black or whatever, which I was like, I mean, and in anybody else's hands, I was like, okay. Uh, or not actor, sorry, director, because um, I'm black or whatever, because, you know, people expect black people 
things to be political or something. And I guess he was like, his whole thing is like, I just want to make this movie, even though it's about a drug addicted girl. I was like, there's going to be something about that, I think. But you're not making like My Little Pony, bruh. But, um, but like in the hands of somebody else, I was like, okay, this would be fine. But you are not. Yeah, like you're you're in any of these things, and I just don't understand. I was like, you couldn't, you felt like you want to say all this stuff, but you couldn't say it. So I'm gonna have these two people say it, and then it's like you know, throwing stones and hiding your hands or whatever that little idiom is. Like you didn't want anybody to see you, but we can all tell. That's the thing. Yeah, you're not doing it well enough in a way that says anything. You're just pissy that somebody talked about your film yeah like you that apparently wasn't that good you didn't elevate your ideas well enough to a point to obscure to obscure and execute what you were trying to do yeah if you had made this like the the best shit ever but there's so many times during that like whole thing, like he was talking about, oh, I love these people, these these directors work, but you know what I really go for is Ben Hur. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, Ben Hur? What what? Why are we talking about Ben Hur? And I was like, somebody on Twitter was like, you know, this 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 whole speech is really, really white. <laughs> it's, it's extremely white. And I was like, yeah, it's given off. I've never seen two white people talk. The only thought I do laugh about was when he kept calling her the white girl at LA Times because I was like, sometimes I do refer to people as the white girl because I don't know what your name is. <laughs> and, so, and I was like, okay, that's probably some improvisation right there. But uh, yeah, everything else was... Oh yeah, because he mentions William Wyler who directed Ben-Hur... And I was thinking he was a black dude. He's not. He's a white guy. But he was saying, I, I just admire William Wyler. And I was like, who cared? What does this have to do with anything? They were talking for so long. I was like, this has nothing to do with anything. And the movie could have ended at least five times. But the argument kept coming back. And I was like, no, we need to no. But I will say I admire Zendaya for doing like, picking things I guess that are maybe outside her comfort zone or outside of things that you have seen her in I mean you can't that's how you get better you know it's not gonna be she's not gonna knock it out of the park every single fucking time um and I wish she had been like maybe a little bit more I don't say like worldly but like there's something about her demeanor that just didn't quite match it up. But like I was saying before, I want to say, before I go off into another tangent, I think the parts that they really could have explored had he not been on some sort of ego trip was like the fact that that he, that Malcolm met Marie when she was a drug addict and helped pay for her rehab. And now she probably feels indebted to him, even though he's a fucking trash bag. Mm-hmm. And he says all kinds of stuff to her. And I was like, we could have gone to that. We could have gotten to manipulation mm-hmm. and all kinds of stuff and relationships. Because, girl, John David Washington said this movie was so romantic. And I was like, is everybody on crack? Wait. In an interview with Hunter Harris, and she was like, that's, like, she had written in the, in the article. She was like, frankly, that is um, insane. <laughs> that is absolutely insane. He said this is romantical. 
Yeah, people have been saying, oh, it's so romantic. I think the both of them have. And what? I mean, I wouldn't want to be insulted by my partner the way that he was insulted. Like, he was yelling insults throughout the house. Like, this would end. She was saying insults about his work, and he was saying insults about her. And then had mentioned that he fucked all these girls or whatever while she's in the bathtub. And I was like, is he going to die? Is he going to die? He should have. Like, that scene when he was like, oh, you thought this was about you, but it was about Tisha, Keisha. Like, I was like, oh, uh Exactly. Uh -uh. I was like, you're not going to mention all these people that you have, like, met. And he's like, you're not the first broken girl or whatever. And I was like, there's nuggets here that could be good had somebody had stopped and said, why don't we focus on this part? Mm -hmm. Or whatever. And nobody focused on that part. So I was like, you just made him abusive for no fucking reason? Is that what the problem is? I don't understand. Mm -hmm. What's this got to, I was like, you don't talk to your wife like that, do you? Because this is awful. (laughs) Yeah, it, it was just... Anyway, apparently he's apparently he's also thirty six in Malcolm's character. <laughs> thirty six, and I was like, "You do not talk to my. Please don't tell me. Please don't tell me this is your actual life that you do. Because this is raggedy. This is not love at all." But I just want to talk about that because I know you had watched it, and I was like, "This shit is is trash." So <laughs> I just want better for you, Zendaya. Hopefully, you find this the the talent and the person. Um, you just, um, you become the muse for somebody else with some goddamn sense, girl, (laughs) Mm -hmm. from one Virgo to another. I know you're sitting back at home like this is some bullshit. Mm -hmm. I know you are. So, um, yeah. So I, 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 I envision one day she can act beyond Marvel and act beyond, um, the Sam Levinson extended universe. I don't know. Um. Yeah, and then John David Washington, I think you'd be fine. Yeah, he maybe he, take some singing lessons. Take some singing lessons because that breath control. I mean, that was a lot of talking, but ciao. <laughs> it's so weird too because I was doing my nails and I was watching this. This is so weird to watch and listen to a mu- movie because I was like, this isn't black and white. I'm sorry, I don't really need to. I don't think I need to really pay attention to what's happening because they're just yelling at each other from across the room. Um doing my nails and I hear him yell something and I was like, oh my God, that sounded like Denzel. <laughs> I'm like, what is it like to inherit your father's voice? <laughs> his voice. Yes. Just sounded just odd. like he did. It was very odd. And I was like, oh, that's, that's weird. So anyway, um, yeah, but I just wanted to talk about it because I thought it was kind of weird. And not good. But, I mean, everybody else feels generally the same. But anyways, next up. Next episode. We need to talk about next episode. We have Atlantics. Ooh. Which I'm I'm looking forward to talk about. I'm very excited. Got some things to say. It's very interesting. Very. Um, It's not as... It's not as lighthearted as this movie is, as uh, Lover's Rock is. Um, so these people on IMDb have terrible taste. 6.7. Eat my ass. <laughs> they wrong. <laughs> They're stupid. I'm sorry. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, this is a, um, a Senegalese film, 
I want to say. Um, and it is directed so, by Maddie Diop. Yes. Um, and it is on Netflix. Mm-hmm. So it's very, um, it's a very good movie. It's sitting right there. <laughs> I don't want to hear anybody say anything about movies that do not exist until you've watched this movie. Mm-hmm. And I will get into more probably next next episode because mm-hmm. we've always been talking about Sam Samuel and his need for a diary <laughs> mm-hmm. for too long. So um, yeah, you should watch that along with us. It's a good movie, um, and I hope y'all like it. And I guess this episode will be out in time for Valentine's Day. So happy Valentine's Day to all the lovers. Yes. Uh, Please stay inside, but, you know, uh, stay booed up, I guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Go get a vaccine for Valentine's Day. However. If you can. If you're 65 yeah, and if older. If you know that they've extended it down to if your BMI is a certain percentage or number or whatever. If you, you think with it, please go get you it. think with it. Yes. Shout out to racism once again. Medical <laughs> racism. Shout out. <laughs> Because I signed it because I was like, oh, BMI, girl. Oh, Ohio was like, girl, we not doing that. And I was like, oh. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Girl. They were like, no, come on down. And I was like, because my mom was like, oh, yeah, they're they're adding your BMI to the thing. And I was like, then everybody can get a vaccine. Because who is the quote unquote correct BMI? Hmm. I was like, oh, well. Let me go add my number. I'm number 270,000, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. But if you are able to get the shot, go get that shot, girl. Mm-hmm. If you drank uh, Red Bull and vodka in your clubbing days, don't worry about what's in the vaccine. Just go up in there and get it. <laughs> Remember, continue to wear your mask, wash your hands, do what you need to do. Please. And you could visit us. Um, at BLK Girl Film Club on Twitter. You can yes. also check us out on Instagram at Black Girl Film Club. You could listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts. We're on Spotify, iTunes, and SoundCloud at Black Girl Film Club. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, you know, you ain't like what we said, whatever, you love what we said, you can email us at blackgirlfilmclub at gmail.com. And you can always visit blackgirlfilmclub.com. Yeah, send us some listener mail. Yeah. I love reading y'all's emails. I think they're really fun. Um, can't respond to all of them. I know we got like, a few requ- a few requests. Um, sometimes I don't know what to do with them, but we always try to fit them in. We at least add them to our list. So, um, you know, we got a long list of movies that we want to hit, but we will try to get to yours. Um, but thank you for listening. Go watch Lovers Rock. Immediately. Go watch Atlantics. Go watch Sylvie's Love. Mm-hmm. Go, um, what was the other one? Go watch City of God. Just go and just just live in blackness. Mm-hmm. Go watch yes. a film you love. Yeah, go watch a film you love. Yeah, you should tell us what films y'all love. Mm-hmm. We should ask. We should ask the people. Let's get some recommendations. What's some what's some movies about love that you love? Yeah. That's a good one. All right. Is there anything else we got? No, that's it. All right, then. Bye, guys. Bye, everybody.